0: Well I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had one long horn and one big eye. Like a mister shaking in the city. It looks like a purple people eater to me. It was a one-eyed, one horn flying purple people eater. One eyed, one horn flying one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people It sure looks strange to me
1: One-eyed Who really
0: came down to earth And Great it character. in tree It's got yes, Josh
1: Charles from Sports people Night people Who played um, the one who wasn't was a, a slut And he dated the therapist so It's got him from Sports Night It's got um, What's-Her-Name from Just Shoot Me um, What's-Her-Name? Like, she's kind of like the same kind of Pokemon As uh, <laughs> um, uh, Alice and Janine.
0: Of course, we are talking about The Good Wife
1: We are talking about The Good Wife Um, Annie loves
0: the good wife. It's,
1: uh, what's her name? I can't remember. She's great. She's the same kind of Pokemon as Jane Lynch and else Janney. They're like all oh, like
0: older, uh, scrawny babes.
1: <laughs> anyway, hot scrawny. So babes. she's great in it. And then it's got um, what's the fuck, um, douchebag bad boy from the last couple seasons of Gilmore Girls. I think this
0: is gonna be the third week in a row where we've we've explained what Good Wife is. It's but... got
1: bend it like Beckham lady. It's got um... oh, but it's
0: not uh, uh, what's her face? No, Natalie it's the Portman other lady.
1: twin. Yeah, it's what's her Indian name? lady Archie. Pun... I can't remember her name. Uh, and it's got, uh... Oh, it's a Ridley Scott joint. Yeah, it's Ridley Scott and Tony Scott. And, uh, they signed the checks, at least. And, uh, it's got ER. It's starring ER. And, uh, the... the ER's husband is a dude who looks like Peter Serana... Fu- Serana Fawitz, I can't remember his name. Really? But it's not him.
0: <laughs> oh, It's, it's got Watson's name from Sex and the City. Yes! Yeah. Oh, it's got, uh, Man in Black Deadwood. Yes! It's yeah. got Lost.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, Yeah. It's good. It's got Michael J. Fox? Michael J. Fox shows up and he hasn't shown up yet. I'm only halfway through the first season. I'm ah! To first. It's good shit.
0: We watch gotta watch The, the Good, good wife. I will watch The Good Wife if you watch Deep Space Nine. Uh, fuck you. I started to the Deep Space, Space Nine and I, I got bored. How many seasons of The Good Wife are there? Three. I'll give you three good seasons of Deep Space Nine Deep to watch. Deep Space
1: Nine and I You started it. from the beginning and it wasn't that good. I'm not gonna watch something halfway through. Ah! I refuse. I'm not the kind of person. <laughs> When I'm done with all... Guess what, Bill? I'm out of media once I'm this... done with The Good Wife and Justified. I'm literally out of media. I will have no video games to play, I'll have no TV to watch, and I'll have nothing to do but watch Deep Space Nine. So calm the fuck down. Yeah! And well, you... What? So
0: what are you going to do? You're going to spend a month of uh, Bill Entertainment we are going to read my Dark Tower book and watch nope. Deep Space Nine and nope. then shoot yourself.
1: Nope. I'm going to use your Dark Tower book to start a fire. <laughs> I hate you. That is my
0: plan. God damn it. So this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Annie. This is Bill... No, this is actually now the Good Wife podcast, because I right. think it's like the third week in a row. It's so good! No, i it's bad. You know, is it on wife. DVD or is it on Netflix?
1: It is on DVD. It's not on Netflix. Someone told me inappropriately, incorrectly, that it is on Netflix. It is not. Okay. I got the first... Where are you guys getting? Are you... I bought it on iTunes.
0: Oh, okay. But I'm okay, just okay. saying,
1: that's a spicy meatball. There is a lot of Good Wife <laughs> there. Spicy meatball. Like, we bought a Good, wi- good Wife, like... Couple weeks Is ago. Is it We've only the first season that's on life. iTunes? No, I think
0: they're all on. Oh, okay, iTunes. very well yeah, I forgot iTunes, you don't necessarily have like to wait a year unless it's Game of Thrones so for it to come out.
1: Good. It's so good.
0: Huh. Did it just end? This season?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm on the first season, motherfucker. Everything else is abstract. What got you guys watching trying The trying Good to... Wife? Well, I've had a lot of friends who told me it was really, really good, and finally it's someone got... on Twitter was was freaking out about it. I was like, okay, all everything I all the stars are lining. I'll watch this. It was the first. It was free. The first episode was free on iTunes. It's got Alan it was... Cumming. Yes, Alan Cumming is actually great in it. His American accent is amazing.
0: Well, so was Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Does
1: it have what's her face?
0: Parker yes. Posey. No. Do they, do they show up make what's out? A
1: face And what's-his-butt shows up, too. <sighs> Sanjay Sean showed up on one episode, man. I don't even know who any of these people are. It's good. Michael Boatman. Anna Gasteyer shows up on it as a judge. It's good.
0: Wait, what's Anna Gasteyer from?
1: She was from SNL.
0: Was she the black lady? No.
1: This <laughs> <laughs> is the quick answer that question. <laughs> well, there's only did. so many black women the on Saturday Night Live. To the long answer question is, fuck you. Anyway, Bill, what's going on in your life?
0: Uh, should we... T- Okay, we're gonna talk about Prometheus this week. Should we talk about it now or wait till we'll later? Let's talk
1: about its talents. they will be like part of the spoiler cast. What was going on in your week, Bill? Uh, that's
0: actually a good question. I just, I just put away my. What happened to your week? Here that's I'll not start. To <laughs> so
1: the thing that I've been. I'm out like... of
0: source today.
1: The the, Bill is a headache, and I had a giant drink before we started. So Ad, yeah, be... Annie's
0: drunk and Bill's de- decapitated. Bill's,
1: Bill's disease. You know what'll
0: make my headache go away is if I, I try to run to, into a room full of black ooze and get my head cut off.
1: Anyway um, That's all I'm saying What I've been working on And that I was now I'm now more comfortable Talking about Is um, I've been working on Dylan's Kickstarter video Yeah Our friend Dylan McConis, uh Who's been on the podcast Should we sell that As ringtone me Going Yeah Yeah, yeah! Actually, no. Foley told me that the next time you try to talk over me, that I should get an air horn. And whenever <laughs> you try to talk over me, just play the air horn. Yes. But I thought I should just get an audio file of you going,
0: yeah! yeah! And then just amplify it by like four. And like. You uh, just, hype like the dir- pitch. just do that with a director's megaphone. That'll be enough to like blow <laughs> yeah! me off my chair. Yeah!
1: Anyway. Wait, no, what are you saying about what? So our friend Dylan McConus, friend of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Has, uh, has come out with a Kickstarter for the Dylan McConus Library 2012. Yeah. Which is a Kickstarter for a reprint of her. Awesome, um, uh, comic bite me, a um, print run of her wonderful webcomic comic Outfoxed, and also a print uh, run of her series of prints Dance Macabre 2.0. And so she came to me, and because I've done some work, video stuff from work, and I've been trying to get more practice in, and asked if I'd be interested in filming her Kickstarter video. Yeah. So it's been a wonderful exercise. What's been really frustrating is that I was literally finished filming the day that I started taking my filmmaking class. And then learned in my phone making class all the things that would have made making that video a lot easier. <laughs> well, like what? Like, editing and stuff? Well, how to, no, like, basic. no, I'm, I'm a pretty good editor. Editing I've got down. But, um, uh, the, uh, like, shit, like, how to turn off auto white balance on my camera, how to set preset white balances in my camera, and, mm. like, shit like that. That's basic. erotic. It's super interesting and really good radio. All this exceedingly technical bullshit. Actually, the most exciting part of my class was actually this most recent... Well, before we get diverted on that. Um, Dylan's Kickstarter is now live.
0: Yeah, just go to Kickstarter and look up uh, Mekonis. M-E-C-O-N-I-S. We'll link to it on our post, too. Yeah, and you'll see. She does good stuff.
1: The, the video... Is, the audio is terrible, but it's because I don't know how to do audio, and I don't have the proper equipment.
0: Oh, the audio but, on the video is yes. terrible? The one part where I recommended that you guys overdub does sound like... It sounds yeah. like it does. But then it goes right into a part that's supposed to be overdone, because yeah. it's... Well, yeah, all right, you have to see the video. But you know it's good. It is a well-put-together video. It's good. Anyway. And, and Annie, yeah, Annie and Foley totally did that. Yeah. You guys... So, it was a lot of fun. Um, um, which is also people... super
1: gratifying, because I hate all Kickstarter videos, and I've been thinking a lot about how to make a good
0: one. There's so many... Did I tell... Have I flipped out about KickTrack on the podcast? You've mentioned it. I've been late. addicted to KickTrack. It's K-I-C-K-T-R-A-Q.com. That's It just tracks all the uh, Kickstarters that's going on right now and, and shows you whether or not they're going to succeed or fail. It like tracks them to mm-hmm. see, like, uh, like it'll project uh, by, uh, based on how much money the uh, K- uh, Kickstarter has made versus how much time they have left, whether or not they're not going to fail. It is fucking hilarious. It's a great way just to browse and sort through the worst shit on Kickstarter. Man, Kickstarter is fucking fascinating. This is like this is where I've been spending most of my time for the last two uh, couple weeks. Is is Kicktrack, and oh, you were gonna say something? I just cock-blocked your face again. You
1: do it all the time. Yeah, I can remember. Because I, I, Kickstarter is great. My social anyway, graces are lacking. Dylan's uh, Dylan's Kickstarter video turned out. You great, had and her oh, you're really, doing really well. You. Had, I was gonna talk about my class a little bit. Yeah. So in the most recent so the first the first time the first class dealt with like the technical aspects of videos, like basic stuff like aperture and white balance and ISO and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The second one was more practical about three point lighting and all that stuff. It was super informative and super great. But he showed us like his $3,000 lighting rig that's like really fancy and well-made and all this shit. Uh-huh. And then he showed us how to fabricate one. And as someone who works with electrical stuff, it was terrifying. He holds up this little brass, and I realize now I'm alienating anyone because no one knows what I'm talking about. But he holds up this brass socket, and he goes, no, you buy a brass socket, some lamp cord, and a plug, and you stick them together, and you make a light fixture. And he holds up this little brass socket, and he goes, look, it says right here, and he points to it, 660 watts, that's the maximum wattage you can handle, so it's fine with our 300 watt incandescent bulb. And I'm just sitting here going, holy shit! Like, I'm waiting for the whole room to set on fire. Because I think 60, 660 watts is literally the most that that socket can handle before it melts. Yeah. But it is not recommended. Like, that sort of fixture, I'm trying to think of how to explain it. So, a brass light bulb socket, like you have in a table lamp. Yeah. It is, like, basically like a little Bakelite um, uh, interior. So, the aluminum, excuse me, the, um, the socket literally threads onto a little aluminum shell. Around the aluminum shell is like a, a, plastic or bakelite like a little interior yeah. but when you look in the socket that's pretty much what you're seeing mostly this whole plastic part Yeah. there's a cardboard insulator that kind of insulates between this, this um... I, didn't, I
0: had no idea there's cardboard in there yeah.
1: yeah and when you look at a, at a light nice amp,
0: flammable cardboard
1: exactly like when you look at a table lamp and you look oh, at a brass like table lamp like you can see a little bit of cardboard above the rim between oh, the plastic yeah. and the brass and the brass housing and in some parts of the socket like literally that cardboard insulator is all that protects those electrical connections from making contact with the brass parts. What the fuck? So, he's sitting here going, "Yeah, no, just get s- and then just throw your light bulb in there." And I'm just going, "Are you fucking kidding me? I go out to make my rig. I get a god-fearing porcelain socket where the insulator is way up isolated above yeah. the socket itself and made this rig. I realize as I'm making my rig because I'm actually super competent with electrical, that uh, I was like, man, I should have taken the names of everyone in my class and charged them 40 bucks a pop to make these things and turned a sweet little profit. Yeah. But anyway, it's amazing when you hear someone who's really intelligent talk about something that they're fairly confident about, but giving not bad information, because it's fine if but you don't film for more than like 15 minutes. of the irresponsible
0: information.
1: Well, it's like or anything, to kinda... when you make anything without necessarily being able to test it or talk to anyone about it, yeah. and it works, you're never going to go, like, find out why it may not work. It's like if you you make, just tell
0: them to do it, yeah. If yeah. this works for me, this will work for exactly. you.
1: Exactly. It's like, I made this sandwich. It didn't give me food poisoning. And he know? doesn't know that
0: sandwich could, like, kill all of Africa yeah. if that sandwich got let loose. You can burn your
1: house down, but NBD.
0: Mar. Anyway. So the, did the guy say anything about your porcelain uh, lamp?
1: Oh, I did it after the class. It's uh,
0: the oh, but class. you never brought it into class My to lamp say, hey, is bitches. like the
1: Cadillac of these shitty. Cadillac Jesus answers. Christ! Like, I made in inline dimmer. Like I'm, I'm, wow. fucking, I'm a fancy motherfucker. But I'm
0: glad to see you're still getting use out of this class, even if like some of the information is, oh yeah, a little suspect,
1: slightly spurious. But no, it's
0: good. So, what else is going on in your life, Bill? Man, legend, Cora. Legend of Korra is so good. Uh, Legend of Korra keeps getting back good to the at Legend of Korra cast. That's right everybody. Man should when, uh, so next week is the last episode of the Legend of Korra for this season. Should we do a uh Legend of Korra's uh, wrap up sure. episode two weeks from now? Sure. Spoilers, if you tune in uh, two weeks from now for the Boy <laughs> podcast... Future spoilers, we are talking about lots of Korra! Hey,
1: everybody, assume future spoilers at all times At all Well, things. that just
0: gives you the opportunity to go to fucking iTunes, spend $35 on The Legend of Korra, and have your mind blown if you it's have not been Nick. paying attention. to too,
1: I think. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot
0: of it's free. It's, you know, you could bit torn the shit out of it if you absolutely had to. It, there's no... It's, it's, it's a good cartoon. I still don't want to talk it up like it's the best thing ever, because it's still...
1: It's quote I don't unquote care. just a cartoon, it
0: up, but it's, it's the great. best
1: thing ever. It's the best thing ever. I'll say that it's the best thing so ever. So what the fuck? Spoilers. What the fuck is Amon? Man, I have no idea. Here's the difference between you and me. I don't like to hypothesize and sit back and go, "I wonder what." I wasn't
0: worried about that until this last week's episode.
1: I've been worried all along. He could take away bending. What the fuck is he? F- I I think there's got to be something to him that is linked to um what's his name Tarlock.
0: Yeah. Because Tarlac freaked out a little too much when he was accused of being Amon. mon. We'll see for the longest time, I just gotta assume Tarlac was Amon. And this last week's episode proved that that ain't fucking so. That ain't
1: fucking so. Man, that was fucking great! A kicks Man, the
0: shit out of him! It was so
1: wonderful. You know what was even more wonderful? Let's see where Lin Bei Fong wakes up. And she's sitting up at her wife's The Iron Man scene. And she puts on her, her outfit. God. Oh, oh I've already seen
0: it online. People are jerking off. Let, I love that people want to bang the crap out of a 50-year-old lady who hates everyone. No, no,
1: no, no. You don't want to bang Lin Beifong. You want her to bang you. This,
0: well. Male or
1: female. She go ride you like a train. I'm just
0: saying. <laughs> I think she'd be disinterested, though. She just would, like, rub my vagina or I'll kill you.
1: What? I'm going to agree to disagree on that point. Anyway, Lin Beifong is the best. Um man, and the whole flashback with with adult everybody. Okay, oh wait, no, I did think of this. I wanted to say this. So Bill and I had talked last week about our theory that um um Lin Bei Fong is the child of Toff and Sokka.
0: You know what I realize is the terrible side <laughs> effect of no, we were way. never going to tell, because I think we were going to mention it. Did we explicitly state that? Well, it's like... They're... Because our shit got changed because the new comic book oh, came yeah. out. okay, so the most recent, like... Yeah, we never explicitly book, talked about this. It
1: implies in a roundabout way that perhaps they had a relationship. Like, you could
0: read Maybe. into
1: it. Maybe. It'll, 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 it'll probably well, get... Well, you know what's the terrible side effect of that? Yeah. Think of who... Um, what's his name? Uh, J. Jonah's name? Jameson. Think of who... Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons. What's his name? Goddamn. Tenzin. Tenzin. Who's Tenzin's parents? Wait, what? Who Who's Tenzin's parents? Aang Aang.
0: No! <laughs> no! That means they're like first they're cousins. cousins. <laughs> so much for that. As badass as the core guys are, they're not gonna go there. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, technically it's not they ever had sex, they just dated for 20 years. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't even think about I that. I know, I didn't either. It's all... yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Anyway, well, because because in the comic they kind of insinuate there might be something between Suki and Zuko. Yeah. Which actually, that's kind of a cool pairing. Yeah. I still like May. Well, you know, his original girlfriend that he ends up with at the end of the show, Zuko yeah. does. But, uh, Suki, I like the fact that Suki actually steps up and tries to. There's, so, there's a little bit of something going on between yeah. Zuki. Zuki. Is it weird just calling it Zuki? That's their shipper name. Um,. <laughs> Fuck! No, but so, fucking, okay, so this late, latest episode of uh, Legend of Korra, yeah, you get you get the extended flashback. You actually find out what, what Yukon was. I was a little disappointed, because I thought maybe Yukon, all this talk about Yukon had fucked up shit 40 years earlier in the yeah. uh, world of Avatar. I was wondering, if, I thought maybe he might be a pro, kind of like the opposite of Amon. I thought maybe he was like a pro pro-bending bending. guy, or, who may have been going, trying to exterminate, or something against the... There's no they no one has ever suggested that or anything like that, so that was just me kinda of wondering if that was going well, so we, I'm not necessarily disappointed that it didn't turn out that way. It makes more but sense. It, was,
1: it makes more sense if you have a city that you would be corruption and crime. Yeah. Well no, it just turned it out to be more a gangster. Sense fascism. Yeah.
0: No, I mean I'm not super disappointed. That was just my one little theory that I picked up in my head as to what Yacone was. So I was a little disappointed to find out he's just Al Capone, which oh, I didn't realize Yacone and Al Capone. Burp, burp. Burp, 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 burp. I like you even got kind of like the New Yorker accent, like, hey, you ain't got none on me. Blah, 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 blah. But, but so, he can bloodbend people. I hope He can expl- bloodbend, like, a hundred people at once. They, like, have, I'm assuming this is going to become a big thing, even if we don't find out in the season finale. But sometime in the next season, we'll figure out, like, how we can bloodbend without the full moon. Because that's too much of a weird thing to drop without explaining how the hell that I'm happens.
1: Not, I mean, metal bending is a thing. I mean, I, I totally buy Sokka's whole thing, that the world is changing. Yeah, and like there are people who have abilities that would have been impossible a hundred years that's, ago. That's
0: that's okay. That is officially the one thing a little disappointed with the episode is they did not bring back any of the original voice actors for the older characters. They're adults. I well, but still, it's do, like twenty years later. The people did the voice act. The I voice actors for those characters are adults. They're not twenty years older. Yeah, but still, I'm you could have done something. For that. And Sokka hearing another person's voice coming out of Sokka's mouth was a little weird. I can understand uh, uh, Toph because she was only 12 and now, you know, she's like mid 30s in the flashback. So I can see why she's different. I was a little bummed. I was a little bit hoping they would get the uh, the kid who played Aang to come back. Granted, the kid, that kid was. That's a 40 year old. I know. Man? I know he's only like 17 oh, now. Bill. But a little part of it was like, those actors were bad. No, I thought
1: they did a fine job. But I love
0: the fact that Sokka still gets mentioned as fucking boomerang. Yeah. The fucking yeah. god, but yeah, no, so yeah, so you find out that Tarlock is actually Yukon's son, uh, which I guess that's not big of a shocker because Yukon they'd already, already shown him in like water bending gear and stuff like that. But uh,
1: yeah, uh, I loved I totally loved Korra's thing where she's in the box and she used her, her arm wrap to hang in the Oh, that
0: man, watching that was great. Yeah, Joshua Bahar, Joshua's like, That's fucking clever, it's great. Yeah, that no, was really smart. She kicks the uh, shit out of the man. I love Legend of Korra. But so, okay, so the big thing is that Tarlac tries to bloodbend Amon, and Amon, appears for a moment, he almost... He pushes through it.
1: And he fucks off, yeah. Amon is a motherfucker. The way I read that is that Amon is, if many, he has a crazy force of will. Like, just an insane force of will. I don't think he is supernatural, because I don't think that's interesting. I don't think that's actually interesting to have this supernatural spirit that I don't actually... Oh, did you read my
0: theories and stuff?
1: Well, you had said, is he from the spirit world? That's how we started this conversation.
0: Yeah. Oh, did I? Yes. I have lots of theories. My brain hurts right now. <laughs> no, but like, uh, the only reason I even suspect that there might be something going on with the spirit world, spirit world with uh, with Amon is because, uh, like, a scene and a half before you see that he can not be uh, bloodbended, you you have the scene in the flashback where Yukon is bloodbending Aang, and Aang only snaps uh... out of it when he goes into the Avatar state. Which, he's got a spiritual connection. And it's just funny that within, like, five minutes in the same episode, then you see the only other person who's been able to resist bloodbending.
1: I read a theory... I don't know. I Who knows? I read a theory online that I'm calling the Buffy Theory. Yeah. And you'll understand why in just a second. That, um, Amon is also the Avatar. What? That when... Because Aang technically died like right and then came back and then died again oh when
0: azula shot him with lightning
1: yeah so technically oh, there are two so avatars bruh bruh. so but whereas cora oh that would small. actually be interesting but that would split the i think that requires a little too much inside
0: baseball of the first show
1: like because they've been also really... Amon would
0: have to be 70 years old then too i mean granted we haven't seen what he looks like he could just be a very nimble little 70 year old guy
1: it's not necessarily literal that when the avatar dies a new one is Born is
0: it? I don't know. Within like five minutes, but I think probably generally within a year or something. Because
1: isn't it kind of like the um, Dalai Lama, where it's just like another one is reincarnated at some point, and it's not. Like well, it's a... the
0: same soul, but I don't think it's necessarily instantaneous. Not the same. Not the same moment. Like Eng uh, would have gotten shot. That some Amon, pops out time somewhere. Is like
1: Valve time. It's like when they
0: want to, you know. <laughs> that's that's true.
1: They've actually never
0: addressed that. Like if there's any kind of a gap between the avatars, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Uh, which actually, like, I, in the original show, there was something about how uh, the timing works out, like with the the, the timeline. That uh, Avatar Kyoshi, the Earthbender, that uh-huh. the uh, Kyoshi Island Warriors are named after, like technically she's supposed to be like 400 years old. Oh yeah. And but if she weren't born until later like you can kind of massage that so that doesn't seem completely ridiculous if if you if you were to suggest that like the avatars aren't necessarily born right after each other right i don't know
1: because the way i always in, I kind of got, the vibe i got is that the avatar is born when there is a need for balance in the world mm. and if there's a time of peace or whatever then maybe an avatar there's is nothing
0: to necessarily it. suggest that but there's nothing that necessarily says well, that doesn't it doesn't happen either yeah exactly yeah you know. well that's like me reading into hoping that like uh Yacon was uh uh, 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 bending supremacist, too. There's no reason, <laughs> to, but that's one of those things where you're just like, you, you kind of get addicted to your own ideas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, the, uh, with Amon and his face mask, I was kind of wondering there's a spirit world monster in the original show called No the F- the Face Stealer. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of find out he's had a past history with the uh, past uh, avatars because he ended up like stealing the soul of one of the avatar's wives or something like that. And I think he threatens Aang saying, We'll meet again, blah, 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 blah. I was wondering, like, yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, this whole it'd be it, you could argue that this whole where Cora is not very in touch with her spiritual life, this whole Cora as the show
0: yeah.
1: has been kind of a I don't want to say rejection, but and um, just like ignoring the spiritual world. That's the other
0: thing why I'm wondering if if Amon doesn't have like doesn't have a link to the spirit world because they've been going out of their way to not show anything about the spirit world or even talk about it this season. Yeah, It seems like... Because you could
1: argue that, like, so all of the advancements and all the technology that led to the evolution of of, um, uh, Republic City... Have been basically people using like mechanizing bending to some uh-huh. degree or other, and like m- subverting it so that rather than being something like with the assistance of nature, it's like to subvert nature
0: to create. Also more becomes more. like a princess modern. Like an industrial, thing. yeah, yeah. So it's
1: like maybe the spirit world is trying to push back against that. So there. oh well, mom could be a
0: product of, of the spirit world in that too, and that like even if he's, he himself is not like a spirit made human or something like that. It, the, his his powers or whatever it could be a result of the spirit world trying to, yeah, actually trying to strike balance back in the world in a way that, like, no one would suspect. Who no, knows? We'll find out in a couple weeks, probably. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, it, that's still, man, good show.
1: They're already working on season two, those poor bitches.
0: Yeah, well, they said, yeah, like, uh I saw Brian Konetsko, he was talking about, just last night he posted Tumblr, like, we're just finishing up editing the last episode and we're already, like, doing the voice acting and everything for the yeah. next season and stuff.
1: Animation tapes time. They got a yeah. job. So, awesome. but yeah, anyway, no, Electric I'm Quarter. trying really get everybody,
0: everybody we really like <laughs> weird sounding Muppet syndrome. Yeah, that's what I called it with the, with the old, uh, Ang gang sounding a little bit weird. That's fine though, but yeah, whatever, man. And even I love the, 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 the world building of Toph, uh, her metal belt, uh, bending yeah. suit being different than, yeah. Than, uh, no, I really
1: like that. It was Lynch. a really subtle thing. Like the, um, the, in the cop, the police uniforms yeah. in the flashback, they just haven't evolved yet from what they were in the quote unquote modern day. Yeah. Like in the, in the past, it was very much so like an in between between the modern quote unquote police uniform and tops, just regular clothes, like yeah. a costume. It was really clever.
0: Yeah.
1: Fuck,
0: Avatar, man. Man, more than I think about it, like, unless for some reason, like, this, like, next episode of of Legend of Korra fucks things up so badly, I'm to think, like, this might be actually one of my favorite all-time fictional worlds, the Legend, yeah. uh, Legend of Korra slash Avatar, yeah. in terms of, like, places, that, like, you know, if... If, if I had to spend the rest of my life living in or something like that, or, like, if, if for some reason someone said, hey, Bill, we want you to only, like, write stories or do comics, like, based in a certain pre-existing fictional world. Yeah. No. You could do a lot worse than choose Legend of Korra. Legend
1: of Korra hits the sweet spot for me for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I think it may be one of my favorite TV shows of all time.
0: Yeah. And I feel weird talking to other people who have seen it who are just kind of nonplussed, because it's hard to describe why I like it so much. Yeah. It just hits something about, I have, like, built-in avatar funny bone in me that just like the show just resonates with it's hard for me because i I like kung fu stuff but it's not like no but i've got a super
1: you and i are both totally into the culture of the time that they're riffing on yeah because you and i are both really super into earlier early industrial like you could argue teens through 40s popular culture that they're riffing on pretty hard
0: you know what the only the only other thing i'm a little bummed about the more it seems like we're actually only going to get two seasons of the show is the fact that like we haven't seen actually much more of the city in Legend Cora. No. We've seen it like there was a lot of pro bending. Yeah. But like I mean, granted, there's a whole other season you could show stuff, but we haven't seen any kind of like underworld gangster stuff because yeah. I thought that was might be an element that like her yeah. fighting crime because you know the first thing she does shows some talent she fights a couple of bending gangsters. Yeah, and I thought there might be a little more jazz stuff. Yeah, yeah that still stuff could be down coming down the pipeline, but we have aside from the pro bending arena. Yeah. we have not seen anything of the rest of the city barely except for the one, two, like things where there's the the, the riots and the cops arrest everybody. Here's and stuff me like that,
1: but... talking about um, fantasy anthology comics again. What I'd really love would be a Tales from Republic City sort of anthology, which is a bunch of cartoonists just doing little stories from different people in Republic City. And this is...
0: Republic City is even a better setup than, like, even the, 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 the Avatar Last Airbender comics oh, came out, because this is the one better. place. Yeah. 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 yeah, You could do so much world building with some extra comics.
1: And you... Just a city... Like, a, a, a city that's a booming early industrial city is such an interesting, innately interesting sort of scenario. Yeah. Like, you can tell so many stories. You can tell, like, the stories of, like... Um, uh, people coming in from the sticks moving to the big city the first time, people dealing with corruption, people dealing with crime you know, bureaucracy and, mm, like, you know...
0: Technology and how it relates technology. to bending yeah, and stuff. But... It's, like,
1: totally innately interesting. Yeah. Man. Basically, what I'm saying is, I want to make a fan comic that's Gangs New York set in Republic City.
0: Oh, Jesus! Could you have, like, a bending, uh, like, uh, Butcher Bill? Bill, please draw
1: me the Dead Rabbits. Um, oh the, ang- or the Avatar, Team Avatar, as the Dead Rabbits. That's what oh I'm getting Oh, my at. God.
0: Yes. <laughs> You want to talk about Niche. So this is not a
1: of Niche and Tenzin? Bill did a drawing. Oh god, yes. Yeah. He did like a Fleischer Brothers-esque poster for for, for for Legend of Korra, and then he's like, why didn't anyone like it? No one's Looking at him and it's like, <laughs> literally,
0: the the center of that Venn diagram is you and me, Bill Mudren. Me! Well, the funny thing is this the reason I did this doodle was because I was talking to Carla Speak McNeil, who uh, she's a great cartoonist. She does the comic Finder, and uh, she does a, uh, this this comic she draws gets published by Dark Horse, which is also the same company that uh, does the uh, Avatar Last uh, Airbender comics. And mm-hmm. we were talking, kind of half joking, half serious, about maybe pitching to Dark Horse about doing. Some kind of Cora comics or something like that, and she was like, "Well, in case that never happens, you should just do like a Fleischer Brothers style, like Love Legend of Cora Doodle or something like yeah. that." And so, like, literally that same afternoon, I started working on that and and, and threw it up on the internet. And uh, yeah, and it was just not really well received. That'd actually seeing.
1: be great. I was like, oh, boop, boop, boop. To have like interstitials for the comic would be like, or like what you could do previously on, kind of like to have on the show. show yeah, would be like a cartoon, like a cartoon that's being made about their adventures. Yeah, well, that's
0: well I was thinking. Like, well, even this drawing I did was the uh, from the Ember Island film company yeah. which is the Umber Island players are the people who put yeah. on the, the shitty ass play based on the events of the Yay. original series in that series and uh I liked your joke, Bill. (laughs) I like Ninja Boom. Did you notice in my drawing I have it's Cora fighting the lead uh, equalist guy on top of the car, even though that's never happened? Yes. Because I just wanted to draw that and I said, fuck it. (laughs) This film company is known for its inaccuracies in retelling the the Avatar story. So yeah. I should have made uh, uh, Lin Bifong just naked, (laughs) just swinging through the air. So
1: meanwhile, while your your, um, uh, Avatar Fleischer Brothers thing fell on deaf ears. Guess what got me popular on Flickr with one person? What'd you do? I got a. Um, I took a. I got. I've started to collect belt buckles. Half. Oh minute. yeah. So I, I posted a picture um, to my Flickr of my most recent belt buckle purchase, and then this belt buckle fetishist... How do you know he's a fetishist? Because when your name is involving the thing that you're favoriting... Oh, no! And then you go look at their profile, and all they have are favorites of one subject matter.
0: Is he still favorited? Did you delete him or something?
1: Oh, I didn't delete him, because I'm like, you know what? <gasps> well, here's the thing. This is the thing. At the end of the day, I'm looking at his favorites, and he's very clearly gay. Like, he is not just, I jerk off to ladies in belt buckle... He does not know that Aww. there's a vagina underneath all that. Like, I actually felt bad for him, because literally there's me and my belt buckle, and there's just, like, three. 300... Well, it's a
0: close-up of your belt buckle. You yeah. really can't see what the hell you are. There's just
1: three. And, the thing... and he likes the same kind of boys that I do, for the most part, too. Oh, it's so like... you found a bro. It's, like, 400 pictures of burly biker dudes, like, in their clo- extreme close-ups of their belt buckle. Aww. It's just amazing. Wait, what... I couldn't even be mad at him. What belt buckle was this? I'm not going to tell you now. I don't want you to know. I don't want you to actually know. It wasn't that one. I'll tell you that much. Oh, you, wait. Did you take down the picture? No. It is actually a picture from way earlier. Like, uh, years ago, I took up a belt buckle. Wow. So, yeah, this poor guy. This poor guy is masturbating to this picture of me in this belt buckle. He does not know that there's a woman involved. There's a woman attached to that belt buckle. I feel kind of bad for him. Oh, Did... How did he find it? I don't know. I was looking at it. I don't think I have the word belt buckle. I found some words because
0: like people have favorited my photos for like 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 Dylan's feet or like foot fetishes and and stuff like that. I've actually deleted a lot of stuff off my Flickr gallery because like no, or not even of you girls, but like some of the other stuff like random kind of.
1: Well, you know, I took a picture ways. of a Care Bear and
0: someone's like Care Bear Fetishist 1969. Yeah. I'm like, oh man.
1: Well, here's the thing. There are two ways I feel about fetishes. Either yeah. it's like freaks me out and makes me really uncomfortable and I, you know, I'll do what you did. I'll either lock it to friends only or mm-hmm. something like that. But then sometimes like with that guy. At first, my first thought was revulsion and like I didn't want to be involved with it. And then my second thought was like, oh, sweetie, you don't know what you're doing. Oh, you found it. God damn. It's <laughs> easy to find. It is easy to find. But yeah, no. Look at his 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 favorites. Oh yeah, he's gay up the ass. He's totally. It's all. He's yeah, probably listening to this turgid, podcast
0: feeling like all flush.
1: It's all turgid wieners. Oh, he's totally. Braced, you like, guys should hang out and go to strip clubs see, together. This is what I'm talking about. I was totally grossed out and offended until I looked at his other favorites, and I was like, "Oh, sweetie, bro." And
0: yeah, you can't even tell. Yeah, it's it's, it's all you can oh, see is ambiguous. your thumbs and fingers, so you can't even tell yeah. what the hell you are. Yeah, it's ambiguous. you know you're a white human being, and that's yeah.
1: it. It just cracked me up. You know, fetishes, man. I can't man. Hold, you know, we all got our thing. Everybody got their something, but it's just kind of funny. It's like, oh, man. My thing
0: is uh, Lin Beifong. Brothers. Fleischer Brothers.
1: Fleischer Brothers tits. That's what Bill. I want finish. Lin
0: Be- Beifong to eat spinach and her boobs get bigger. <laughs> and they can also uh, knock people out. And they also grow, like, uh, big, uh, big tattoos on them. Oh, dear. Man. Anyway, what else is going on with you, Bill? Mad Men ended... Man, so this is slowly winding down. Next week is the last episode of Legend of Core for the season. Mad Men's already over. No, uh, Game of Thrones is already over. Mad Men just ended last week. I was super bummed because they got rid of one of my favorite characters. Aww. And uh, that was actually in the next to last episode. And But, man, this last episode was kind of a big fart because uh, main character Don Draper, as always, is going through an ex- ex- existential crisis. Right,
1: like
0: he do. And then he develops a toothache... And then, like, someone comes up to him and he's like, it's not your tooth that's rotting. It's your soul. Like, man, this is ham-fisted fucking writing. It's a fine episode for what it was, but, like, it was kind of like a... So... It was a great season. It was my favorite season of Mad Men so far. It just got a little bit of a wet fart of an ending. So, it wasn't terrible. Endings are hard, man. The Mad Men people... I don't want to talk too much about spoilers, because, like, I don't know. You might... Still might watch it someday. If you get a head injury. Ever. Uh... They, if I get
1: shot in the head and they dig out the bullet and it makes me a fundamentally different person, then yes.
0: <laughs> they buy a second floor for their business. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that was Mad Men. Uh, mm-hmm. Indie Game, the movie. You, haven't, you still haven't seen I've this? I've not seen it yet. It's depressing as balls. It's a good movie. Yeah. Well, this is also interesting. Is this one of the first big Kickstarter projects that got funded to I actually so. come to fruition? Yeah. I, had, I totally forgot this was a I Kickstarter would argue project. It's, even though it is not mainstream, I would say it's more, one of the more
1: quote-unquote mainstream ones to come to fruition. Oh,
0: what? Kickstarter projects? Yeah. Oh, you mean my gummy bear fetish belt buckle thing that got funded six weeks ago. It's an edible belt buckle. Yeah, well, you know, it gets, well, if it's made out of gummy, it's going to be exposed to air, it's going to get a little crusty and hard, uh-huh. and you can just, like, lick it, like, when you're in the movies, you just lick your own belly button with the belt buckle. Just, it's going to get crusty It's a it's, like a, it's a, it's a sugary salt, like, for human beings. As long as you don't get any shirt on it, it gets all linty and weird. You have to put, like, saran wrap on, on it and, like, make sure your spit can kind of, like, encase it. But, this is this a bad idea? Yeah. You brought it up, but <laughs> any, any game movie? What? Any game movie? Any game movie? Do you Tell know it's about? about? It like I'm a child, Bill. What's it Explain about? it to me as you would a child. <laughs> uh, wait. Do you know how do you even know that? That's Galaxy I am Quest. I'm also on. The, I have seen Galaxy Quest. You hate Spotify. Star Trek.
1: I hate Star Trek. You're not going to enjoy
0: Galaxy Quest until you can quote Star Trek: Deep Space Nine at uh-huh. me. Uh huh. I'm the, I'm the taste police. Hey, Bill,
1: explain to me what Indie Game the Movie is about.
0: My New York Yankees hat. I
1: can't believe you don't think I can like the New York Yankees. So I Just because I'm fat. And Bill is wearing a New York Yankees hat. And I just look at him and I go, do you even know what team that is on? It's And he goes, yes, yeah, New York Yankees. You I'm know, like, okay, I'll give you that one. Point one to Bill. And then I go, point two, Bill, when was the last time you watched a baseball game?
0: Nineteen thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hat. You this hat was made. Uh-huh. This is an old school fancy hat. Uh-huh. It's uh, you know what? I like it because it's the hat that a Short Round's wearing in Indiana Jones Temple of Uh huh.
1: It's anyway, old school. Anyway, Bill, tell me about Indie Game the movie. Fuck you. <laughs>
0: Stop talking about. Your now comment. you know what. Take a picture of me and see if a uh, uh, hat fetishist <laughs> favorites that shit. Um, you know what? I've actually had chubby chaser favorite some of my pictures on Flickr though. No. So at least I understand your pain a little bit. Even though at least the, I think maybe they know what gender I'm at. <laughs> Whereas with you, it's indiscriminate. Well,
1: you know. Yeah, post other...
0: that. Post that. To... Okay, Annie's about to take a picture of me in my hat. Post it to Flickr and see if fat, <laughs> fat fetishes come. No, up for post it.
1: it to the Boy Honey Podcast Twitter.
0: Aw. Mm-hmm. Um. No. So, getting the game in the movie is a documentary about the guys who made Fez. Uh huh. Uh, and Super Meat Boy, with a little bit uh, about Jonathan Blow, the guy who made Braid, and right. he comes across as a well-meaning but pretentious jerk.
1: Which is what he is in real life. That's... So that works out.
0: Uh, his big contribution in the movie is to complain about how, even though his, mo- his game was this humongous success, that no one understood what the story really meant, and that makes him incredibly depressed. <sighs> it's the... It, it's kind of fey. It's a little... Uh, no. Uh, the other guys, um, the guys who made Super Meat Boy, they're kind of they're kind of well-meaning, kind of just goofy guys. They're the kind of people you always see at, like, comic book conventions where, like, they kind of do kind of really kind of grody comics and stuff like mm. that. But, like, the one guy's an Illustrator, they're their guys a program. They're nice guys. The skinny guy, he's super depressive, and there's a scene where he's, like, wearing a baseball cap, and he's really sick because he's tired because he's uh, still working on the game, and he has a uh, million more hours to put into the game. Yeah. he's giving himself an insulin shot, and he just doesn't look good. He looks just like Sam Rockwell in Moon. Oh, yeah. Like, even his attitude and everything, I was like, oh, my God, it's like this is the world's weirdest Moon sequel. And the, the 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 last person they talk about is this uh, the guy who Phil Fish, who made uh, Fez. Yeah. Which is, he's actually really sweet until when he goes crazy, because his ex-partner that he started Fez with uh, is threatening to sue him, and he doesn't know if he's going to sue him. He starts flipping out about how he needs... To get this guy's signature, so he can show off Fez for the first time at the Penny Arcade Expo, and Phil Fish almost has a coronary on on camera. Yeah, we're just like, oh man, I just need him to sign this document.
1: My, he's not going to sign
0: it. That, that motherfucker! And it's a little uncomfortable to watch, and there's lots of there's like 15 minutes of Where With footage where it's just like all these guys just staring silently. Just at their computer screens, looking at like well, they're about to kill themselves. How
1: do you How do you depict...
0: It's just a little slow. It could you done with some editing. You'll see it. It's a good movie, yeah. though. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just a little... It's not, like, fun to watch, though. Yeah. It, I'm really happy that all these guys found success with these games, but it's just... Man, it makes you not want to ever develop an indie game. Let's put it that way.
1: Dude, video games, man. Video
0: games. Yeah, they're fucked up. That's not bad. I love
1: video games. Video games take a lot of fucking work, man.
0: Oh, yeah, so that's into game the movie. Um,
1: <laughs> let's see what else is going on with me. So, um, I since we're between games right now, yes. Um, what I did is, I was like, well, let's. I wanted to play Saints Row again because it's been a long dry two months since I played it. Yeah,
0: I got JoJo playing it now.
1: So, I, I fired up, and we're starting to make a character, and I'm thinking about the voices that are the options, and I yeah. really loved, oh, man, yeah, Jennifer Bailey, lady? who does f- Default Lady 1. She does a great She's job. She's the
0: American game. lady, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I'm like, well, what are the other characters' oh, voices available to th- <laughs> Shut up and let me tell Miranda! my story! No! Yeah! Ah! Shut up! <laughs> Listen to my, uh, ah! my air horn oh, of your this. screech.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, one of the Default Voices... <laughs> Bill, yeah. are you done? I just realized I can make an echo with Coke Okay, go ahead. One of the
1: default voices is a really bad Russian accent. Oh, is it fake? It's pretty fake. No, so, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh my god, this is like a terrible Tali Zara voice. <laughs> so we 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 made a Tali character. We're trying to get her to the point where she can go buy a gas mask and complete. The oh look. yeah. And when you think about she it, all Tali, purple black. Well, when you think about it, Tali. What does Tali normally wear? Purple, black, and silver. She's a member of Saint's Row, anyway. Oh. I- that's so worse. it works out. So the way I'm playing it is that this is what happens oh, to Tali awesome. after the battle for Earth when she's stuck on Earth. Um, she takes Shepard's Xbox and just plays Saints Row. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm oh, playing it. Oh, a
0: super meta roleplay. Yep. That's how I'm playing the game. And she's so happy because she can eat the Earth food <laughs> in the Saints Row game, even right. though she's starving to death while playing that's the game right. outside of the that's game. That's right. Well
1: Anyway.
0: How no. far into the game are you?
1: Oh, I'm only I only just.
0: got nah, the game's only like eight hours. know yeah. yeah. No, um, yeah. Jo- Jojo, he uh, he got a niche to start playing Grand Theft Auto 4 because he just realized he never beat it. Yeah. Back in the day, I was like, man, fuck this shit.
1: Man, did you see all the stuff with the new CEO of THQ where he's like, yeah, we're gonna pretend like Saints Row the Third never happened? It turns
0: out like that was uh, uh, a misprint or something like that.
1: Well, no, no it no. was quite read, out of context. I read the context and the context was he was being interviewed by this guy and yeah. the interviewer said I, I haven't played saints row the 3rd because i have to play around my wife and my son and i thought it would be too embarrassing and the ceo Is he says wrong? yeah it's kind of embarrassing and that's pretty
0: much no. And then he went on to say that like he knows he the team can do something different if he wanted to. I don't. I I read parts of the interview and it sounded like if you read it in context, he was not saying that he wants Saints Row like four to be different yeah. or anything like that. I think he was just agreeing that it was embarrassing that like this is a game that you don't necessarily want to play around with your family. But I don't think he was saying that like. He, I don't think he was saying he was embarrassed for Saints Row yeah. or about Saints Row. Who knows? That company's going under anyway. What the fuck? gonna be the ones making a guy named Saints Row the 4 creative,
1: game. The creative director of Saints Row the Fourth, because they're fourth because they're working on it. Yeah. Um has said that they're like, okay, because Saints Row the Third, the ending of it is insane. That whole game is insane. I yeah. love it from start to finish. I love that. the ending of it is so ridiculous and strong. And he said that, that they've come up with an idea for Saints, <laughs> Saints Row the four, fourth, that's even more ridiculous and
0: intense. Well, it's interesting because the Saints Row games, it's not like Grand Theft Auto where they just come up with a new character for every uh, game. There's kind of a linear plot like technically Saints Row 3 I've never played any other Saints Row games other than Saints Row 3 but it does kind of toss you into a story that seems to be picking up from the last Saints Row game because there's characters who are like Oh boy! Remember this from the last time we were hanging out together? Oh yeah, I, remember. I, I would say but, it's really loose. Like I also I don't think they're necessarily beholden. Games. I don't think there's a big narrative they're worried about, like yeah. from game to game. But, <laughs> it's like, like a
1: deep canon, <laughs> you know. As long as you get the zombie voice and
0: and Saints Four, <laughs> that's all I care about. Anyway, seriously. So yeah, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing
1: Tali Zora as our character. In oh, That's that fantastic. Too. It's it's a lot of fun actually. Man, what else? Um, So on the vein of Mass Effect, Mass Effect, or excuse me, um, uh, what's their name? I think it's like Treetop Studios, who Mm -hmm. does all the licensed gear for um, Bioware, Mm -hmm. today released some new Mass Effect shirts. And it's like, okay, so there's like a Cerberus helmet and like a fucking... Did you see the retro uh,
0: SR2 shirt? See, that's great. I liked
1: the Normandy propaganda shirt. That's what what it was. So Bill had to explain this to me. There's one that's an ED pinup shirt. And just saying that sentence, I'm already like, eh. Uh, I can't talk shit about it me. because I
0: draw shit like this for a so living. So what, what is it? A riff on? It's uh, the Farrah Fawcett poster from the 1970s. She's I in totally... that same pose. Yeah, look it up. I'm going to look it up
1: right I now. Wonder,
0: actually, I wonder if anyone in NeoGAF has made a thread about that. But yeah, no, that's it's yeah, it's Edie. And she's just sitting there with her like... The, the Farrah Fawcett poster was known for the fact that her oh. nipples poking out of her. Oh,
1: you're uh, totally right. Yeah. Okay, now that I see it I recognize it.
0: Which I thought that was clever. The actual rendering isn't that necessarily that awesome. Well
1: the only thing but... the only reason why it it tripped my crap dar is that they had the terrible Tolly pin up shirt. Isn't and that then the they one had with the their Miranda. ass sticking out. Yeah one when was like a random, the Miranda, Miranda well, one, like she was supposed oh, to be a nose art girl, and Yeah, that exactly. Works. Yeah. Like I thought well, because that... she's
0: riding on the Normandy.
1: Yeah, and also I, it's, I think it's you cheeky enough to work. I think you could argue that that's less sexual than how she's depicted in the game.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Her butts
0: actually, her butts actually her
1: butt pointed away down. from the viewer. Exactly. Yeah,
0: it's not like butt crack. Uh... <laughs> Man, I want to do a, 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 a Mass Effect shirt that says "Welcome to the Grand Canyon." And it's uh-huh. to picture of pe- yeah. people uh-huh. standing by the Grand uh-huh. Canyon, yeah. except that you see actually Grand Canyon is her butt crack, and it's her head uh-huh. in the horizon saying, hello, my name is Miranda Lawson. This is my butt crack. It's also the Grand Canyon. <laughs> You're my butt's big. You know I was, you know and the Grand Canyon's all got like that
1: white hexagonal shit on it. <laughs> it's Speaking like... of dumb jokes to make you laugh. A friend of mine brought over <laughs> an episode of, of Bob's Burgers that she wanted me oh, to watch. Oh, no! It's like eight episodes into the second season. It's like, no, 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 you have to watch this. It and bro- it has a dumb joke that made me laugh so what hard. What was the joke? The joke was there, what is the character? Tina, the, teen- the daughter? The older one the who's kind of, yeah. Who so just she wants to some, fuck everything. She had some friends in her room and they're roughhousing and they knock over. She has a collection of horses. Yeah. And one of her horses falls and breaks, and she goes, Oh no, my porcelain horse, porcelain. <laughs> <laughs> crying. I had to take I knocked my glasses off my own
0: face and I couldn't breathe. Boss Burger's got its moments. Oh, Especially I funny when you realize Tina's. jokes. The fact that Tina's also voiced by like a 40 year old man.
1: <laughs> I love dumb jokes. Like, no, the Boss Burger's
0: got its moments.
1: The comedy that really gets me and that I keep coming back to is dumb humor. Yeah. There's a reason why Will Ferrell movies communicate to me on a primal it's level. So Step
0: Brothers is, is your spirit animal movie. It's, I just
1: love dumb
0: jokes. God. So what do you think of the rest of the show? Bob's Burgers, yeah.
1: I just was shown. I watched the pilot, which is the no. Pilots, nothing should be judged. It by takes the pilot. a couple
0: episodes for it to kind of. Even and then, though, I mean, watch like I said, episode. it never gets to be like, oh my god, critically acclaimed, amazing. When, but it's just fun to watch. When
1: I'm done watching The Good Wife and and then done watching Justified, then I'll maybe move on to. Justified.
0: Yeah, the first season. There's only nine episodes per season. The first episode. I mean, it's you can literally watch all of Bob's Burgers in like three hours if you wanted yeah. to. Um, so
1: um, the other thing I did this week is that um, So I think we talked about this a little bit Greg Rucker wrote this essay on Ionine a while ago About writing female characters Because uh-huh. Greg Rucker has been he, He's 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 always been acclaimed for oh, writing Oh he's going to
0: Portland character. and, and...
1: He, did, he did Stumptown, that's the name of it oh, Okay <laughs> um, And uh, <laughs> He did Whiteout and he's done all sorts of stuff He's also, and his essay was pretty great Because basically Bullet town' is like I don't write good female characters I write good characters having to be female That was yeah. basically the thesis and uh, so I'm like, oh well, I'm gonna. This article is good enough. I'm gonna vote with my dollars. This guy did this comic called Queen of Country. Yeah, I've always heard about it. And Queen of Country. What I've always heard of Queen of Country is, eh, a, you know. Oh wow. Yeah, been, you know, it's been. He he's listening. I know, right? He's gonna start okay. a
0: Kickstarter to well, hire an assassin to kill here's the you. The thing
1: I haven't read many comics that um are not this. If there is a separate writer and artist, I have not read many comics where it's a rotating stable of artists as uh-huh. opposed to a constant team.
0: So, so I need to uh, read some Sandman.
1: The result is that the first story of of, of Queen Country. So Queenie Country is about um, British special forces. It's not really, but essentially, it's like um, British special agents, and it's as much about the bureaucracy as it is it was about
0: about the, a musical festival where Queen shows I'm up. I'm ignoring you. And there's a country here comes band. A joke. That's my joke.
1: That was it. Did everybody enjoy Bill's joke? Da, 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 da. Now Mama's talking. Be quiet. Okay, so, yeah. No, it's about um, these um, these uh, special agents in, in British um, intelligence, basically. I mean, that's not really, but that's what it. Is. So, um, anyway, the fir- one of the main characters is this character, Tara Chance. And she is one of three operatives, and she's badass. In the first story, she has to do a hit, and they deal with the ramifications of this. It's is the first time she's done an assassination. Mm-hmm. Second book, she's dealing with the trauma Of having to do this assassination Because there's a, there's a big difference between Having to kill someone on the job And assassinating a dude And so she's struggling with that internally And on top of that, she's not able to do a mission Because it's in Iraq And it's boots on the ground And she as a woman can't just be wandering around Iraq yeah. So she's having this dual crisis of I have killed a man in this particular way And I don't know how to process that And also, am I less of an operative Because I'm a woman and so, like, it's a very interesting sort of conflict to explore, and the way they handle it is pretty well done, I think. The third issue, or the third story, I should say, new artist, the first thing that you see is they're on an operation, and whereas they're dudes, and, like, they're SWAT dudes, and, like, flak jackets and shit, she is wearing a mesh tank top. What? A mesh tank top and a black bra. What? The next scene, they're back at headquarters, she's wearing a leather pantsuit. What? Like, like, bodysuit, like, cat suit. Why? You and then mean, there's one scene where she's this having this to be got, professional. Doesn't the writer have pull enough to say, hey, don't draw the character like this? Well, I'm like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. Because this is me trying to give it credit. Because frankly, I... Is I, this a Dark still, Horse comic? This is Oni. It is... Oh, fuck Well, here's going. the thing. I genuinely... Looking at it, I'm like, okay, it's Oni. It's creator-owned. Oni has zero dollars to begin with. So here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah, You pay an artist... They do it. You don't necessarily have the time to do notes. I was I was trying to really give them the credit the doubt, because yeah. I just stopped. That reading is a
0: weird it. stylistic. I just stopped reading. Because I can see the drawing style would change, but you don't suddenly like just oh, change the God. whole idea of how the character operates.
1: It was like someone b- fundamentally did not understand the book. Yeah. And granted, I think it was new enough that maybe and maybe the artists were working concurrently. Was this a recent issue? Oh no, this is back in like two thousand. Okay, because I
0: thought that was an older older uh, yeah comic series. This is back
1: in two thousand two. Yeah, back in the day. But yeah, no. I stopped reading. I still have like half the book left. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Like she, there's one scene where she's supposed to be dressed professional for like an interrogation sort of thing, and she's wearing this shitty, like the whitest, crappiest scarfy tie, and like the she's drawn like with like and, like.
0: Can the guy draw well, or and well, he just chooses bad costuming for it's what comic
1: sort? booky, you know? It's very stylized. Who's the artist? I don't know. Some guy I don't like. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, like, I think he made zero dollars doing it, and he put zero dollars worth of effort into it. We should cut a and... kind
0: of fake Oni commercial. In, in, in oh, here's the thing.
1: Side. I love Oni. Sumptown is great. Um, they actually, this is another thing I want to talk about today. They announced recently that they're going to be printing Bad Machinery. I
0: had no idea. Okay. So
1: this is John Allison's comic that he's been doing for a while now, which is great. It's a basically riff on Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew sort of thing about these um, three boys and three girls and the adventures they go on solving
0: mysteries is that anything to do with bobbins or uh, scary go you
1: could it is in the scary go round universe oh, okay. which is in the bobbins universe cause yeah. like um, Ryan from scary go round and bobbins is a teacher at the school oh okay Shelly Winters shows up I think up.
0: that's the only thing I care about a Shelly Winters show up yeah
1: <laughs> you and everyone else on the internet
0: well this is the I eternal
1: shame Shelly Winters. of uh, people google
0: uh, Shelly Winters <laughs> One of the best comic characters out there ever. I was, can't even remember Machinery what... Bad yeah. Machinery
1: is a great comic. I can't... It, like, it, John Allison is an amazing cartoonist, uh-huh. he's doing some of the best comics work online, I think. But I'm really excited, because uh, reading his books, they work so well. Like, he very clearly, from the start, plotted this to be a book. Okay. And it's not self-published, because he's been trying to get a deal, a book yeah. deal with it. And God bless him, because he's self-published before all of his other books, and that's a hard, you know...
0: But you Captain say Oni's Trump. got no money, so he's probably only getting paid, like...
1: Well, no, the trade-off they is... They took him out the
0: lunch for free. Well,
1: no, Oni... What's great about Oni is that it's, they very much so believe in creator-owned properties. Oh, really? So he's so going to actually... If it's they yeah. yeah. I mean, when you are published by Oni, you are getting all of the benefits from making it.
0: Oh, okay, cool. So like, he's actually going to see a cut Oni of profits. The, Oni
1: is the good guy. So that's yeah. why Oni is broke as shit, because they're not, you know... They they really are all about the creators. Yeah. Okay. And the creators. Well, making if you're going to be a broke book comic
0: book company, that's a good reason to be broke. Yeah. yeah. It's not mismanagement or anything exactly. like that. It's just the creators get all the money. I
1: love Oni. Know that. Know that this this trouble I had with an issue of Queen and Country that they published ten years ago.
0: Well, what are you going to do exactly? It's, no it's not like anyone's particular fault. On
1: Oni, except for on... the guy who drew that. Yeah. It was just a weird thing that made me feel really uncomfortable and gross. Man. Anyway. Man. That was my week. RoboCop. You're not going to talk about oh. RoboCop. RoboCop, don't get a mention? I watched. I was waiting for you to mention RoboCop. Way to do it. Nice segue. I watched RoboCop for the first was...
0: time.
1: I'd never seen RoboCop. RoboCop
0: in my favorite Paul Verhoeven movie. It's what's the most like you're just
1: watching a comic book on TV. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. I can't believe how just how many squibs they used during the course of that movie. If you want to see a dude get That's shot 47 just... <laughs> times and somehow still be
0: alive, Enough to watch still be after the 48th bullet in yeah. his body. Man! Uh, so did you like that uh, better or worse than Total Recall? They're such different movies. I like I, I like because R- 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 it's more just streamlined, stripped down movie. It's more more of a basic like simple plot. Yeah, it, it's not trying to be as high minded as *Total Recall*. Oh, see, I don't
1: *Total Recall*, I don't think it's trying to be high minded. I think it's just a Philip no, but K- it's Dick. not like it's a Philip K. Dick story. Any Phil Dick movie is the like f- eh. uh,
0: RoboCop filter.
1: Eh, is it reality? Yeah, is it not? So that's what you and so and so the basis of any Phil Kiddick movie is gonna be like this weird ambiguity. Whereas RoboCop is like, dude shoots people, dude gets shot, dude comes back to shoot people. The end. Yeah that is great. it was great. It was a kind of pure, straightforward movie that does not get made anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, it's violent, it's fucked up, shit happens. Yeah.
0: Uh, messages get delivered on DVD, and that's how you know this movie uh, will already moved past the future, near future, that this movie's supposed to take place in.
1: I, there's a great scene, well, there are a couple of these, where there's just, like, a wall of TVs, and they're yeah. old, like, um, CRT te- televisions, right? And it's great, because there's one where it's, like, this wealthy, wealthy company, and they have a wall of televisions and it's, um, so they built, like, little cubes and filled them with these different televisions, but they clearly didn't have the budget to go out and buy a bunch of the same television, so it's, like, eight or nine
0: differently sized televisions. As I, said, I love all these movies like that where it's kind of like, you get the idea, we're kind of in the future, uh, but man, and fucking uh, to, we're kind of, he gets his arm blown off, and he gets yeah. his hand blown off, Oh yeah, and the dad from That 70s Show is mad. Ma- yeah. mad man, so the that's villain. why I can't watch even to this day, I've never seen a whole episode of That 70s Show, because... I can't I all whenever I see the dad from that 70s show I just picture him going me 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 <laughs> me, 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 me. That me, scene! Me, me, me. The <laughs> scene where they kill the cops? Yeah! That's the most ridiculous well, was, scene yeah. I've ever seen. I remember reading about that as a kid because originally the movie got an X rating because of that scene because they oh, had built it. this whole animatronic puppet where they were going to show the back of Robocop's brains getting blown oh, out. Oh god. And that's why like later on the mo- movie when he takes his helmet off, you see like his ha- whole back of, head, of uh, head thing of his head is all robots. Yeah. And because of that whole part got blown off. Yeah. And so I guess like it only leaving kind of like his face mask or organic yeah. that they filled with robot parts. Yeah. And so, yeah, they did this whole thing where, like, his head, the whole back of his head exploded. And, of course, the is N- like, what the fuck is this shit, <laughs> motherfuckers? You gotta cut that shit out! Yeah. And so, uh, that's some of the other I like that that, mo- this
1: thing, that is so terrible that that allowed them to give a pass to the dude just getting a sh- hand shot off. And, like, the I know, like, two-second scene! bony, shattered stump of his hand yeah, and-
0: spurting barbecue sauce everywhere. <laughs> I, I love the like, yeah, they have the whole, like, gratuitous shot of him going, oh, my arm <laughs> and just yeah and it's just they throw the one guy out of the, uh, the van at the other car and the it's other guy amazing. he gets he for some reason the steel mill they have a giant thing of radioactive uh toxic waste that he drives into and then he melts well, and then gets run over to by another Avenger. car so it's fine yeah i love when that guy gets run over and like he's not even organic enough to be like when he gets run yeah. over, It's like someone he just explodes and yeah soup. And the spongy soup yeah. And like that i love that movie he's like there's a so sock full mice that's and right. ed 209 when he falls down the steps and he squeals like a robot pig and... what i love
1: about robocop is the ridiculous purity of it because yeah. it is pretty much balls to the wall a thirteen-year-old boy's math class doodles. I think
0: that's why I like that movie so much. It's one of my favorite '80s movies. It's amazing because it is so just like it's. It's a weird little comic book that someone turned into a movie. It is what it is. Yeah, full swears. There's, there's no titties in that movie. Huh? There's no nudity or anything like that. Um,
1: there is, however, a unisex bathroom.
0: Yeah, well, man, Verhoeven loves to do that because he also did that in Starship Troopers and yeah. shit too. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. And well, and also uh, a dude gets shot in the nuts. He does. That's like the most famous scene in the movie. And she's the lady skirt. She's like, I love Robocop. That's I love so you. And he's oh, like, Ma'am, you, I will you, alert a rape I crisis shoot you center. <laughs> yeah. Fucking <the> Robocop. <laughs> did you notice his gun is shaped like a little coffin, like the barrel of it? Because <laughs> no. Paul Verhoeven is like twelve. <laughs> fucking RoboCop. Uh, I RoboCop. love RoboCop! RoboCop. Man, I just happened to, well, you guys were tweeting about it, and I was yeah. like, oh man, I just watched it like a month ago, Yeah. I was like, I could go for some more RoboCoping and I threw that shit back on Netflix.
1: Like, yeah, RoboCop,
0: done it. Even the music's great, it's
1: so sad. Well, you know what Brenda pointed out, is that all the music in, in RoboCop is like Western music. Yeah. Like,
0: except a yeah. but Well, yeah. it's almost kind of like that, yeah. except when he goes back to visit his house, and he sees the ghost of his son, and his and his wife and the music gets all like do 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 gets super sad and lyrical it's like, well no <laughs> Robocop don't be sad no and man when Robocop wow we're spending a lot time talking about Robocop when he goes to the gas station and to arrest that one guy who shot him and the guy's like he's doing geometry and like he holds up the book and it says plain geometry the <laughs> name of that book <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's actually a real book or that's a joke someone played in the, like, the prop department plain P-L-A-N-E geometry, and I just like, I don't know what This is fun. You're a special man. Yeah, anyway, so. And the RoboCop suit still looks cool, though. I just, thought yeah, RoboCop. RoboCop. Uh, so this is the end of our RoboCop podcast. <laughs>
1: um, um, we're going to
0: take a short break, and then we're going to come back and talk
1: the Geek Week Review and, of course, Prometheus. Yeah, we're
0: going to talk about, well, we're going to say Prometheus talk until the very end of the episode, so people who have not seen it yet won't be spoiled.
1: For once, we're trying to be considerate. We're
0: trying to be professional. Working real hard. Yeah. Anyway,
1: i be back in a bit.
0: because we have a very special friend tonight who's constipated like crazy. We're not allowed to say who it is, but we've...
1: I'm not going to participate in
0: this. Really? Uh, if you want to... I'm going to start a Kickstarter for this person to try to get the, the bowels unblocked. The poop starter. Uh, if... <laughs> you don't not want to be a part of this no. game? You don't no. like this? You're abstaining? No. We didn't... We're not saying who it's for! Be... I'm abstaining! It could be, uh... <laughs> uh... Neil Gaiman? He's a friend of the podcast. He calls in all the time. I'm saying he, he keeps on asking us to talk about Sandman. I'm gonna. Check. I don't think anyone's buying Sandman because he's always While like. You're making this joke. I'm no, gonna have you seen his Twitter. Twitter lately? Where's it, like Bill Mudrin. You gotta tweet about the Sandman shit. No one's buying it these days. But you, pop, uh, uh, boy, howdy, podcast. Your fingers are on the pulse of American taste. What you say? You see? you, you drop someone's name and suddenly their sales skyrocket. Like Nintendo's been like. Trying to get in touch with him and saying, Bill, you gotta say some good shit about this Wii U. We gotta sell some of this shit. It's coming out soon. You gotta say, man, I think I'm gonna watch some porn on my Wii U screen. And people are like, oh, fuck yeah, let's buy five of those. What are you doing? I, Don't I'm, look at your phone recording you a podcast? Okay, I bet we're, I'm, we're, we're back! What the hell's on Tumblr? I'm
1: everything. Welcome solar. to the Boy Audi
0: Podcast Bill's going to poop on Andy's face <laughs> I, just, I told you I was going to abstain from it's your, done. Your it's over! Though. What are we talking about now? We're going to go on to Geek Week in Review <sighs> So, according <laughs> to reports this is, more or less, this is more or less Yeah, you, t- you know what? This is like this is at the beginning of uh, RoboCop where they got the two news people <laughs> Tell <laughs> us about how the space laser blew up Venezuela <laughs> with the president on board
1: <laughs> Hit me with that Studios will stop distributing movies on film by the end of next year in favor of an entirely digital distribution. I made that up. No, you didn't. It, I it was a quiet this. week for
0: news. What? I read about this online. We can talk about that, but we can't talk about people's bowels. And, and further news... <laughs> I can't... Okay. One of these weeks, guys, if this <laughs> podcast is just built... Oh, I just, and a sock puppet. I just want to that moment of silence. I just want to edit in a gunshot sound and a <laughs> body thump, and that's the end. Do, 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 do. Thanks for tuning in. It's been the, the Boy Hot Show. Oh, oh, man. No, yeah. So yeah, I guess. Uh, so it sounds like all the major studios will start uh, just stop distributing uh, movies on film by the end of next year. Which yeah. that's pretty fucking fast, though. That's intense. I mean, granted, it's been a decade in coming. It's uh, what? F- digital distribution is too fast and too real. I mean,
1: it it makes sense. Thirty five millimeters to grade.
0: I wonder if that's actually going to be happen that quickly. Because then every every screen in the uh, America in, in, in every convert. major yeah. theater uh, complex is going to have to switch over to that kind of digital projection. This thing. also
1: possible. It's going to
0: happen eventually, but
1: this possibly eats the lunch of second run theaters. Because the big thing with second-run theaters is they get the shitty 35 millimeters. like... Oh, long
0: run. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a good point.
1: Because, like, for instance, when I went to go see The Three Musketeers last year at the Academy, Ugh. it was really clear that that was a 35mm print that has been in rotation for a little while. Oh, yeah. It's just worn out shit. it was, shit. like... And beyond that, like, it was missing. Because when you're a projectionist at theaters, sometimes you steal frames from movies. Yeah. And like cut them and everything, or like as think as ends where The Three Musketeers? Like, yeah, well, I could we'll tell. Bits were the... missing. It was missing. Wow.
0: Intense.
1: Where's that? Where's that? At? Was that the, uh... It was at the Academy. It's not their fault. Yeah.
0: It's just the print they inherited. Yeah. You it's know it's what the place. future of that is when you get the digital file and there's like animated GIFs from 4chan slipped in there? Just like. You got, yes. these, ty- you got these Tyler yes. Durden types trying to like. That's, <laughs> that's blah, blah, blah. the
1: only possible conclusion.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer though. It's I don't I, I, I can't imagine every every movie theater in the country is going to switch over to that within a year probably within the yeah. next couple years. But, I mean, there's a lot of digital screens out there today. Uh, when I went to go see Prometheus this week, saw it at the Roseway, which is a tiny, tiny little mom-and-pop theater. You saw, that's where we saw uh, Tron Legacy a mm-hmm. year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tiny little screen that, that switched over. To, it's an all-digital screen. It's fantastic. Yeah. But, like, that's, the, you know, that's in Portland where this is a very big cinephile town. Yeah. They can afford to can kind of make that switch over. Yeah. But, yeah, I can't imagine a lot of other sc- uh, screens or uh, theaters are going to do that with their screens that quickly. Unless it's kind of subsidized by the motion picture industry somehow oh, or something like that. There's no way. I mean, it's it's worth it to them if they don't have to, like... No one subsidized 3D <sighs> projections. Yeah, that's true And too. that costs But, the, like, more. being able to just, uh, like, email or uh, beam or whatever the hell, however they distribute yeah. these digital files, can imagine all the money they're saving on having to ship, like, 100 pounds of film to every theater for every film? Yeah, what's it called? Is it
1: called DMP... What is it called? What's that? When the printing and distribution is yeah, it I D&D? forget what it is or something like that, it's it, like yeah. a huge chunk of movie making and that's going to be gone. Not that emailing, making and, the prints and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, distributing the prints. It's, it's this is a
0: giant mini industry that's about to disappear within yeah. the next. I, that's what I'm wondering if there might be some pu- uh, pull, uh, pushback from the. And there print will always be
1: niche like like um uh, not retro fucking um, what's the word theaters that um hipster. Not hipster, but like the Alamo Draft House and the New Beverly. Oh, that people, love those and, um, print, like what's it called? Repertoire
0: theaters. Yeah. Where
1: they are like and like the Hollywood getting a new 35 millimeter print. I want these. Yeah. You know, like I saw a new 35 millimeter print of Bringing Up Baby last year, and like yeah. there's still there's always going to be that niche market, I, but it's going to be a niche now. Some
0: people will still strike new prints of new movies too, even yeah. if it's just a show of like old timey, just for the old time. You know, like yeah. It's intense though. Man. Fuck. Anyway. I would. Want, did I tell you the story about how I we went to go see the artist earlier this year? Good movie, not best picture of the year. What the fuck? Uh, but because it was a silent film, you could actually really hear the theater clacking, hmm. or the the projection. Uh,
1: that would be kind of great though, because it would seem to add to the. That's experience. exactly what it
0: was, and for a moment, like watching this, you know, it's a brand new movie, yeah. But like for a moment, they're just like, sitting in this totally silent theater, hearing like. Of the projector whirring behind me, yeah, and like even looking up and you can see the the beam, yeah, going through the uh, sky or yeah. going through the air above your head. Yeah. I was like, man, this is like this is I'm gonna be like this is I'm part of the last generation who's kind of yeah. grown up with this. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Like I when I was a kid, um I lived like mm, three blocks away from a ch- shitty tiny second run theater that had been like a tiny sh- little theater. tiny
0: second run theater.
1: Shitty tiny second run. Oh, these sh- I, I heard built. Chinese anyway. And uh, it was tiny. I mean, just tiny. Like they had been a theater since silent film days, and had yeah. been like basically they'd fallen on hard times, like in the sixties. I've been a crappy theater ever since, and it was little little theater, and with like bad projection and always the worst prints, and it was all like the aesthetics, like all the sounds of that and the aesthetics of that were always part of the experience. Yeah. Like jumpy jumpy cuts where the the reels were spliced together. Or, sometimes you
0: see the little cigarette burn in the corner of the screen right before a reel changes over yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: It's part of the movie experience. It's like this. It's gone. Yeah. You know.
0: Although, it must be digital because the Roseway, they show digital's films, but they still project the image from behind you, so I'm guess there's still a digital projector. Oh, yeah. It's not like just watching a giant oh, television. Oh, yes. That's what
1: it is. It's not yeah. like an LCD screen or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Because it's still at least a vaguely organic image that you're seeing. Yeah. Even well, though like it is when we digital. Know,
1: when I we went to the Academy for my wife's birthday and got um oh, that's true. Yeah. Death Proof, they're just screening the DVD. They're just projecting it to yeah.
0: yeah. It's an analog picture you're seeing, even though it's from yeah. a digital source. Yeah. Man. That'll be a real bummer when it switches over to you just watching a giant TV screen. I don't year.
1: know if it'll ever go to that point.
0: I don't know. Hey, the screens would have to be of such a kind of a quality that it would not just look like you're watching yeah, TV. Yeah, we can, we
1: can get to that with Prometheus, because I went to go see Prometheus in IMAX 3D. And it was a middle of the day, like matinee, but it was still seventeen dollars. And as I'm handing over that car- my credit card, I was like, "Motherfuckers!" But sitting in the theater, it was worth seventeen dollars yeah. for that giant screen and like the crazy surround sounds. That and...
0: would have been worth it, Prometheus. If you're going to do that, yeah. do you hear the Brave is coming out next week? And some is it coming theaters out next week? Yeah, it's next Friday. It's a week from today. Huh. Um, some theaters, uh, Disney's debuting some kind of new sound setup. At, really? Called Atmos, it's like a seventeen-channel sound system, and Cinetopia out, and where the hell that is in Portland? Really? They're going to be the one I theater that's. This is going to be the debut of that. Really? Also, people listening to the podcast, if you care about movies, supposedly there's some kind of weird, spoilery, twisty kind of thing that happens in, in Brave that uh, people who have seen Brave are are warning people not to. Like go to the Brave Wikipedia page or look or or, or poke around too much on the internet about Brave because I guess there is some kind of big oh very nice I have a
1: fifty dollars gift card to holy to shit
0: hopefully because it's, it's a nice super sound thing hopefully it doesn't they don't charge extra for that like they do with three D it's
1: fifty dollars gift certificate motherfucker it's I don't fucking care.
0: Hollywood that's gonna get you uh, one ticket yeah. the IMAX and a popcorn yeah Jesus um. But yeah, so Brave, be careful, don't, like, poke around too much if you don't want to go to that movie spoiled, because, yeah, something is something.
1: I, I'm... Brave, for whatever reason, Brave should be right at my alley. I know! And I had no idea it comes out next week, too, and I'm like, holy I, shit! I don't know. Every time I see that trailer, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested.
0: You hate redheads. I feel
1: like I'm a jackass. Well, no one knows anything about
0: the story. No one's really been talking been
1: you It's not even it. that. There's just something about it. I don't... I can't get excited about it. And I love... Vaguely, generically, medieval bullshit. I love bears. Mm-hmm. I love scrappy little girls. I love archery. Love like that movie shit. should be yeah. That movie should be right up my alley. But I just look at that. You oh, know, anyone? Let me finish. Uh, you know. When I look at that trailer, every time, I just want to do a double feature of Secret of Kells and um, How to Train a Dragon mm-hmm. and get the same new I place. wonder if that's
0: part of that. You've already had two films kind of run over that same kind of, like, well, arrow? I don't think
1: it is, really. I mean, I, I think they're totally different movies. It could also but... be Pixar not on their game and not making movies you want to well, see right now. My point is is that it's weird that I'm just not interested in it. On the other hand, that means that no, if look... I go see it and I dig it, then I'm going to have an even better time. Oh,
0: exactly. Tonight. So you're better off putting it out of your mind until next Friday. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just weird that I'm not excited about it. I'm Mm -hmm. not not excited. It's not on my radar at all. I don't know. Because I have so many other things on my slate right now. Yeah. Nope. Anyway, in other news, J.J. Abrams and crew will only be making three Star Trek films, Yay. and then they will pass the franchise on to someone else.
0: Which is nice. I I mean, I, I'm actually kind of surprised J.J. Abrams stuck around to do a sequel, much less three films. I was
1: going to say, I didn't know he committed to Because he's
0: not a Star Trek fan. He's been really adamant in the fact that he's not, like, that actually emotionally invested in Star Trek. It sounds like he was just kind of brought on just because they needed an actor and they were, uh, needed a writer, director, and they just threw a shitload of money at him. So. so
1: here's my question for you, Bill. Who would you want J.J. Abrams to pass the torch
0: onto? Uh no one, because they should just make T- uh, Star Trek do another TV show. I like G- I don't mind if they end up uh, making more Star Trek movies again someday. But Star Trek is best as a as a TV series. Yeah. It's not really it's it's this that's the way it was invented. And that's kind of like the you know I don't know Star Trek movies aren't very good. Even that last Star Trek movie, I like the J.J. Abrams one, but still it's not like that as a movie by itself is that is that fantastic. It's passable as a Star Trek tale. But yeah, it's, it's Home Belongs on TV. So what you do is you get Brian Fuller, yes. that motherfucker. He's been dying to do a Star Trek He's reboot. He's busy
1: with Mockingbird Lame.
0: I saw that. They're filming the monsters right now. it? was it? Was it Billy Connolly? Not Billy Connolly. Uh, the fat kid from Stand By Me is playing Herman Monster. Oh, really? The kid from Sliders. <laughs> um, Yeah, they're filming that no. right now. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, Brian Fuller, he did that. He did... Wonder Falls. Wonder Falls. He did... Uh, Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies. Uh, he got a start in uh, on TV writing for Star Trek Deep Space Nine. You I'm can't a see the robot. Dance bill doing, but he's doing I'm dance. a Star Trek dispensing robot aimed at Annie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. But yeah, no, so he's he's been for years trying to uh, uh, get Paramount to let him do his own Star Trek series, and yeah, I mean, I can't think of anyone else who's working on TV right now, unless you got Ronald D. Moore, the guy who did Battlestar Galactica, who himself, you know, he got his start working on uh, Star Trek Next Generation, and he's probably one of the world's biggest, or at least one of the biggest uh, Star Trek nerds running around Hollywood, he's not doing anything right now, he would do a great Star Trek series probably wouldn't be like anything like the Star Trek we've known. It'd probably be post-apocalyptic. But if you had to reboot Star Trek as something completely different, he'd be a good choice. Uh, just don't let him uh, figure out what the ending is of the show.
1: Endings are hard. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, no, so yeah. That's... So here's something very, very relevant, Bill. Um, Stephen King's It yes. is being made into two movies. Interesting.
0: Which is great because you'll, you only care about the first one, right? Yeah, well, that's great <laughs> because the movie's the, the, book, the book is split into two halves. When the characters are kids in 1958 and when the uh, uh, the characters are adults in 1985. See, the two years are swept. So you get oh. it? Eighty-five, Uh But fuck the parts when the kids are adults. I just want to see all the stuff that takes place in the 50s. Some people are worried that they might try to... Uh, uh, move the story forward so the kid stuff takes place in the 80s and the adult stuff uh, takes place now. And, I don't know, I don't want that because all the best stuff in the uh, Stephen King is all the 50s stuff. The fact that everyone's racing to go home and watch uh, The Man from U.N.C.L.E. and yeah. stupid bullshit like that. Yeah. Or, no, Have Gun Will Travel. I'm just saying. You are just saying, Bill. <sighs> yes. Man, and I want to see, I want to figure out who they're going to cast. There's going to be two movies. I think Tom Waits should play Pennywise the Clown. Because I think Tom Waits should be in everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I had this thing. oh man Scott Adsit. I was saying he should play main character uh, stuttering Bill because he's supposed to be an old ball guy, but well he plays what's his name on Thirty Rock the sad producer guy oh I love him yeah Pete. I'd love to yeah I'd love to see the guy who plays Pete in a dramatic role I had this whole casting thing set up I I threw out on Twitter but yeah Stephen King said my still my favorite Stephen King book even though two thirds of it is terrible it's still good yeah two movies I don't know how they're gonna pull that off Ugh. so. Uh, oh, yeah, going back to RoboCop. The cast of RoboCop remake is getting nuts. Gary Oldman is playing the guy who builds RoboCop.
1: Yeah.
0: And Samuel Jackson is playing some kind of a media guy. And Hugh Laurie is playing the evil corporate dude. That's awesome. The guy, you know, he ends up getting fired at the end of the first one. You're fired! Ah! And you get shot and he falls out the window. Ah! Who's time... going to play RoboCop, as they said? Uh, some guy. forgets. forget. It's Larry. <laughs> Doesn't even matter. I don't know. Herbert. Okay, yeah. But
1: okay. we will say this about robot. But Robocop, the kid, who, the guy who played Robocop, is really good at being a robot. Yeah, like his little step, like st- staccato yeah. jitters and everything like that. Is really good. Yeah, when he's like flipping out, like that having a shit drink. is hard. Yeah, it's really hard to do. I was yeah. really impressed. Way right. to go, dude! He's got little Robocop. kissy lips too. <laughs>
0: RoboCop won't be able to to kiss you. Robo blowjob lips. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, Man, if you look up, if you go to Netflix and look up RoboCop, like, the art they have is some kind of weird, like, brand new, like, airbrushed kind of, like, they must have taken a publicity still of RoboCop, and someone went over it in Photoshop or something, and they kind of, like, redrew his face and lips so he looks extra like, "Eh, I'm gonna kiss you. Mm, (laughs) RoboCop's gonna give you smooches. Yeah. Robo smooch. Yeah. Yeah, I just noticed that this afternoon, that cracked me up. Uh, what else? (laughs) Tell me.
1: The Django Unchained trailer came out. Look
0: like bullshit. (laughs) I already hate this film.
1: I don't hate it. It looks like the least Tarantino y Tarantino film in a lot of ways. Does that make sense? I just
0: wanted to see him do another Period movie. I mean, you know what? Inglorious is probably my favorite movie of his of all time. Yeah, it's one of my favorite
1: movies, period. I love it. And I do love. Dog on
0: that. Fuck that shit.
1: I loved Inglorious Bastard. Yeah. I thought it was great what it was. This will be interesting because this is this is um uh Quentin Tarantino's first post Sally Minke movie.
0: Oh. That's why the editing in that trailer was all like the
1: editing in the trailer is janky. Yeah. And it's interesting because I even thought like the filming, it didn't feel super Tarantino y. I think part of it was using the kind of low key Johnny Cash song. Yeah. Like it lost a lot of the, you know Well like... it
0: also had James Brown music too, but yeah. yeah.
1: It's uh yeah, it it had a lot it lost some of the, you know, dirty bass Quentin Tarantino ness maybe. But I love—I cannot wait for Leonardo DiCaprio as a terrible racist. It's gonna be
0: amazing. <laughs> and He's just a sly bastard. Yeah, he's just like—I love that one shot. I love shot. that smarmy face. Quentin Tarantino does that perfect like seventies like yeah. Uh, schlock. Zoom. F- yeah, yeah when he turns around like, ah. I saw this. Uh, this wasn't in the actual trailer that was released, but someone took a uh, made a great animated gif where it says like Leonardo DiCaprio and like really janky fought and yeah. then it zooms in so it really <laughs> does look like a seventies movie. And uh... the only thing I'm worried about that movie is Jamie Foxx. I've never seen Jamie Fox in anything that didn't like. Like, he just seems like a boring actor. Yeah. This is a perfect chance for him it to show off Will his chops. Smith. It could have been worse. I mean, Will Smith, I could, that, that could have been interesting. I mean, Will Smith, he, he could have been maybe cool. I mean, th- if Quentin Tarantino is known for anything aside from his pop culture references and bullshit, he takes weird actors and yeah. gets cool stuff out of them. Yeah. Like back Pulp Fiction came out, everyone was like, this is like I, it's John Travolta, who gives a fuck yeah. about John Travolta? Everyone loved John Travolta in that movie. Yeah. Bruce Willis was already washed up by the time Bruce uh, by the time uh, Pulp Fiction came out and everyone was like, oh my god, this is like one of the best things uh 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 Bruce Bruce uh, Willis. Willis. <laughs> I want I wanted to call him uh, Bruce Einstein for a second. <laughs> But yeah, no. That like he's good at like getting good performances out of weird actors. Yeah. So if anyone was gonna make get, get a good film out of Will Smith, it would have been Quentin Tarantino. It could have been though. Who knows? <laughs> Jamie Foxx is great in Toys. I, did I mention this last week? Because he's in the movie Toys, one of my favorite films of all time. He plays a security guard. He's he's with this like this like like this other guy who's brown skin of indeterminate and ethnic origin, and they're they're watching this thing. And they think it's MTV, and it's, it turns out it's uh, Sean Penn's wife getting her titties, her bra taken off to show her titties by uh, Robin Williams. And there's a robot toy dressed like a spy. And he gets caught up in the bra and he flings him out of the window. And they're like, what's that? And they turn their heads aside and he gets run over. And Jamie Foxx is like, "Uh." Every time he describes toys, <laughs> it just sounds like a fresh nightmare. And then it's Joan. It's Joan. Wait, no. Joe Q's actually dressed like a paper doll. And oh my god, toys is the best. But that's Jamie Foxx. That was his first role. He was on. Wait, what's the movie Clear and Present Sunday? The football movie? Clear I spit and spit on your hand? I'm Sunday? sorry. Yeah. Is that it. a
1: mix of clear and present danger and uh any given, any given Sunday. Content? Yeah, is not yeah. Charlie's there on as a robot wife? You are asking as a robot wife. You're asking the wrong person. Mr. F. Mr. F. <laughs> I cannot Oh my we god. We can talk. We're not at Prometheus We're yet. We're not no. there yet. Do you have anything else to say about Django Unchained?
0: What did you think? Do you think it looked good though? I thought
1: I I I don't know. I'm for whatever reason I'm not necessarily I feel kind of like about this like I do about Brave. I feel like I should be pumped about it and looking forward to it, but I just feel kind of okay. Yeah, okay. it's got what's his name
0: uh a uh, bounty hunter though. From, oh yeah, uh, and
1: what's his name? Uh, Christoph Waltz.
0: Yeah. yeah, his dialogue's a little hard to understand in, in the trailer a little bit because he's got that kind of he's bit of an super accent. He's German. like, See, "I'm going to tell to you about soup." He is going to tell you about
1: soup. This is true.
0: I'm going to shoot you with my soup. <laughs> Bring me the truffles. What's the thing he's in Glorious Bastards that's so scary? What the is strudel. What is is it strudel? Cool? With the oh, whipped cream, oh man! The, uh, with the gratuitous shot of the, oh. I mean, I need to see that again. And Glory Bastards is the shit. Uh, on the Corn Fat Boy podcast last week, they were talking about uh, Mike Russell was kind of shit talking that movie, and now I want to punch Mike in the nuts. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know,
1: even very smart people can have opinions to disagree with. That's okay. Doesn't well, uh, well, mean you don't love them.
0: Well, that's one of the nice things about yeah, uh, Quentin Tarantino making a period film. He can't go crazy that so much with the the pop culture references and everything yeah. that he's known for. Yeah. So. Yeah,
1: and instead, it's like all of them are just kind of like a, a older, like um, news, like viewing this older culture through the lens of modern pop culture, which is like because what's interesting is that movies do that all the time. Every old timey movie you ever see is just through the modern lens. But yeah. like Quentin Tarantino wears it on his sleeve, mm-hmm. so it's much more interesting. Like he does interesting things with that, as opposed to just making a. He's
0: conscious of what's movie. going on. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's self, I mean, if you can say anything about Quentin Tarantino, good or ill, it's the self. He is a self-aware filmmaker.
0: Yeah.
1: So, anyway, um, Clang. Did you donate to Clang?
0: I forgot about that. Oh, you man, know? I got two Kickstarters, uh, or, like, ending tonight. I've got the Twilight Zone pinball table Kickstarter that's ending tonight. And I've got the Women uh, versus Tropes in Gaming. Oh, that is... That incident. ends... That may actually be over by now, actually.
1: I want to look at it. Anyway, we're talking about Clang, though. So, Neil Stevenson, who is a novelist, did a Kickstarter for... Not even really necessarily a game, but, um, uh... This thing called Clang, which is basically they want to do a realistic sword fighting sim. Where you actually instead of their big thing is like you you don't want to be um, playing pulling a trigger to swing a sword yeah when we swing in a motherfucking sword and he's like we're gonna make it like realistic sword fighting like old school and it's gonna be shit you can buy over the counter and their whole thing is it's gonna be open source so you can use it to make your own games because they're not necessarily focused on the narrative they're just trying to make sword fighting they're just worried about
0: the tech yeah trying yeah. to make the best like they're just making sword a fighting simulator possible.
1: arena game That's yeah admittedly all it is the reason why people are losing their shit is that video which was pretty good the it's video goddamn cute. the editing is terrible in it mostly I think it's Neil Stevenson because I'm watching this I'm like you know what <laughs> you they're cutting he, off at every take oh, every, okay. at the end of every, literally right when he sp- stops speaking
0: yeah
1: it's just like I wonder what he said immediately after that <laughs> anyway um uh no uh Neil Stevenson he, he gets um Gabe Newell to do uh, a little cameo. Well, he takes
0: a guy. Yeah, he, he he takes the camera through a guided tour of the weapon shop. Yeah, and you see this pair of hands, and they're just hammering on this crowbar. Someone put
1: it out hammering the crowbar three times.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so he's like, so this game Newell was the direct, like the the boss of Valve. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in Gabe Newell, basically says, when it's done, it's done.
0: It's done. <laughs> and, like, you don't even know what the hell that means unless you know who Gabe Newell is. But he's got a big Santa Claus beard and everything, like, that, super know, awesome. Yeah. But no, that seems very cool. And, I, they, they, well, the funny thing is, they don't explicitly mention, like, what kind of hardware you need. It kind of makes it They're seem like you'd need a Wii controller or something well, like they, that. Well,
1: they they mention, if you read in their FAQ, they mention what hardware they expect.
0: Oh, from. but I, I, the other thing is, like, the only the reason I haven't, uh, Donated to this Is I would assume It's gonna be PC only Oh yeah Yeah
1: Oh it's not for you baby
0: <sighs> Uh uh-uh. uh Man
1: It's one of those things Where it's like I'm glad that ner- Niche nerds Are using Kickstarter Cause the Clang Is some niche nerd bullshit. That's
0: great though It's
1: great No I'm saying I'm glad Yeah It's pretty awesome um, but yeah, look it up, Clang, it's good shit, it's got enough press, it doesn't need our 10 listeners. Well, especially, listen it in. just
0: started, just, it started earlier this week, so it's still got three weeks to go, you'll be hearing a lot about in three weeks as it's starting to wind down, yeah. it'll be all over Kotaku and shit yeah. like that, so, yeah. So
1: anyway, Bill touched on briefly, tropes versus women in video games. This is, um, something that I got really excited about, because it's basically just this woman, and she has a website called Feminist Frequency, she does, um, feminist exploration of popular culture, um, and the portrayal of women in the media. Um uh she basically did this Kickstarter to try and raise money for a series of videos exploring um the archetypes that women play in video games. Yeah. So like, you know, the sexy sidekick and you know, like the the damsel in distress and all that sort the of Ellen stuff. Page. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going an <laughs> archetype? She asked for six grand, and the internet—there um, uh, uh there are a lot of douchey. They
0: butt her with money, though. Well, no, yeah. not those guys, but like.
1: So the response has been twofold: one, um, assholes just like threatening to rape her, threatening to kill her.
0: That was an organized thing too. It wasn't just a oh, bunch there of a bunch random. Of
1: them trying to label her YouTube video as terrorism so it would get taken down. Have
0: you seen her stuff before? She does really good videos. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Man, her, her Kickstarter video is great. Yeah, but the the double side of that has been that um, uh, people have thrown. She was asking for six thousand. Right now, three hours ago, she is at one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars.
0: What's she gonna do with all that money? Is she going to make this, like, 3D IMAX? Just get Ridley Scott to come in and direct these videos for her. I don't know, man. God. That's intense. If she doesn't uh, buy,
1: like, a really good camera rig, she's a great person. Anyway. Um, oh,
0: you're, you're not a fan with the camera rig that she used for Oh, work. no, no, no.
1: Actually, it's fine. I'm just thinking if I, someone gave me $160,000. She,
0: has she been on other stuff or anything like that?
1: Well, she actually... It's all when I, podcasts, whenever like, I see her,
0: is. I just think, oh, it's the lady from uh, Lost, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. She kind of looks like that girl with the big boobies. <laughs> I kind I think it's a her, but it's but remember, not her. She
1: was on the famous show Lost, Malcolm and the <laughs> I know you what you are talking, talking about.
0: about. I do. Yeah, she got so black hair and she got a little bit of a schnoz. The
1: big hair chick or big titty chick on Malcolm.
0: Oh man, she had giant titties.
1: What well, was the point. Did of she have big tits art. on Lost? Did she
0: have real big she tits? She grew into her bosoms. Hey, she did. I, I've only seen two episodes of Malk in the Middle. One She's was, only in two episodes of Malk in the Middle. Did you only see the two episodes that she was in? I saw one about bowling. That was cute. That was and good. there's one about the chick from Lost having giant titties. And I'm like, is that a children's show? <laughs> or whatever? What the fuck? That show was my dad's favorite TV show. That was a good show from the two show. episodes I saw. It's and the- it's got Breaking Bad.
1: It's got Breaking Bad.
0: That's right. Oh, man.
1: Anyway, yeah, good on... Tropes versus Women sums up everything that's great and terrible about the You're not
0: hour. gonna... It's gonna be over by the time we edit this podcast and upload it, but within... Uh, if, if you're on the East Coast, it'll be over by midnight tonight. Uh, by tonight being uh, Friday night.
1: It also is proof of the dangling carrot of Kickstarter, because Kickstarter is, you know, when you donate to a Kickstarter, you are not necessarily trying to buy the end product.
0: No. It's
1: like, so, this is more
0: of a political statement now than well, anything else. Well, no,
1: but beyond that, it's like, so, like, if I donate to someone to publish a book, and they never publish my the book, like, maybe I don't get the book, but maybe I'll get, like, the stickers that they promised or whatever. <laughs> well, and, and that sticker is what pushed me over the top. I have to admit, tropes versus women, I did donate at the point that it would give me the stickers, because they're kind of great. It's like
0: the $50 value? Yeah, because it's like, so it's like I didn't Princess the stickers Zelda
1: are. dressed as Link. And, like, Princess Peach dressed not as this. Mario. Well, it's kind of great. I've donated
0: to, like, four Kickstarters this week. I really shouldn't be throwing any more money at them. I mean, I donated for, like, $10, $20 or something, but... It
1: did trick me. That was a Kickstarter that tricked me. What tricked you? To donate more than I would have otherwise. Because I could care less about DRM-free video and all that stuff. But I was like, I want those stickers.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'd have to donate another twenty-five to get the stickers. I only get a free high-res digital download of the series. Man, I want the stickers. <laughs> I know. I totally now. I'm like num, man, num, um, a Um, man, I'm so bummed because I think in the next day or two, the Twilight Zone pinball Kickstarter ends.
1: So what is this? What Did is I this... not explain this on the podcast maybe before? We talked about it. Briefly, um, then.
0: so there's a company. I forget what the name of the company is. They just put out a uh a pinball simulator on the Xbox 360. And they've also put this out on the iPhone and everything like that, which instead of making up pinball games, they go back and take apart old pinball, real world, old pinball games, Uh digitize them, and essentially uh, try to create digital simulations of those games that you can play on your Xbox or your iPhone or whatever. And uh, it's weird that some of the most famous, most adored pinball games of all time are based off of licensed products. Like uh, some of the biggest ones are like the Adams Family, the Twilight Zone, Star mm-hmm. Trek, The Next Generation. I know there's a Super Mario Brothers pinball table out there, which everyone just foam at the mouth at. And yeah. the only problem is uh, these guys would love to make digital versions of all those tables, but they can't get the money to get the rights because the yeah. rights cost you know, like $50,000 a piece for some of these tables. And one of their first things they wanted to do was do a Twilight Zone table. This, one be, this is their first licensed table. Uh, you know, based off a TV show or a movie, whatever kind of table. And so they had a Kickstarter uh, just asking people, you know, trying to script up $50,000, just not even to make, get the money to make the game. They just need $50,000 just to get the license from like CBS
1: yeah.
0: for this. And they did that. And then they did the thing where like, well, actually, if we make $100,000, we can also make a Star Trek The Next Generation pinball on top of that. They got halfway there. They got $75,000. They'll probably just do another Kickstarter to get the rest of the Star Trek the Next Generation money. But yeah, that ends on like a day before tomorrow or something yeah. like that, so... Or, that's today. And soon. Whatever. I, I donate $10. That gets me a free copy on my Xbox. At, uh, Twilight Zone the passage of time is difficult to grasp. Although, I both. guess I should donate 20 if I want them to get the Star Trek because then I'd be paying for both games, but they're not gonna do that. That's the other thing with Kickstarter, when you realize that, like, someone's not gonna make the money, there's less incentive to donate. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a slippery slope. Man, Kickstarter. Man. Kickstarter depressing (laughs) oh what else happened (sighs) this is our uh, kickstarter depression corner for everybody this week um nintendo is deciding whether or not the next 3ds zelda game should be a remake of uh, majora's mask or a remake of link to the past Hmm. or maybe even a whole new game um fuck majora's mask is still my favorite zelda game i'll be so sad well they already made like majora's mask was just uh ocarina of time just remixed like, in terms of graphics and stuff like that, with mm-hmm. the whole new plot. They already did a a, a of Time for the 3DS, so they could take a lot of the same assets. They don't have to do that much to make a Majora's Master thing. Everyone loves uh, Link to the Past. That's like the old 16-bit Super Nintendo yeah. one. Yeah, and That'd be cool to see in 3D. Actually, if they do either of these, they'll both be great games. But, I don't know, that's just kind of a thing that just happened this week. So. Yeah. Um, rapey bits and Tomb Raider. We already talked about that.
1: Ugh. We did. We we didn't talk about that this week, did we? Did we? We kind of talked about it last week in that you and I were both like, oh, you we, we were just talking about. Rapey. We, we weren't
0: talking about the rapey trailer. We were talking about like the action adventure thing where she's going from ridiculous.
1: No, we talked about the rapey bits too
0: because we did talked we talk about, about
1: how how all we were both uncomfortable by the fact that it was all these white male journalists telling us that it was. Oh yeah,
0: that's right. And, Which is and still this, a little So this
1: week it t- spilled into a little more of a kerfuffle because...
0: Like, oh, that's what a lot happened. Of the, the creative
1: forgot. like The creative team around the game kind of said some unfortunate statements. Like one of the things that was said by one of the dudes was no one can identify with Laura Croft because she's a lady.
0: that I don't know if he explicitly said that, but that was the point well, of what he was saying. He and that say... you want to protect her and that we're literally, literally going to turn her into a caged animal or something like that. Yeah. And it's he can't a lot even, of unfortunate. It's not even the right use of the word literal, which pissed me off too. It's like <laughs> she's not literally turning into a caged animal. Yeah. And so, like, they, they're they're kind of like beating her up, and there was a scene where she gets kind of gets hands put on her unappropriately. It's kind of a threat of I didn't,
1: rape. I, see, everyone keeps calling like I don't know, man. I, I the, one of the creative people did kind of say in a roundabout way. Well, there is like a, a kind of an undertone
0: of rape. Yeah. But, but then 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 the publisher came out and said, no, there's not rape. Shut up.
1: Yeah. Well, it's because you don't, you don't near that shit with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, basically. no,
0: that's... I mean, I can see why they're putting... That's a good rule of thumb. no one will give a shit.
1: But, no, I mean, the thing is, is that it's weird because I really feel like it's a much ado about nothing. This game's
0: going to come out and no one's going to give a shit.
1: I'm going to give a shit. I'm, I've am i got it pre-ordered. I want to play a Laura Croft game. I want to be... I, I saw a trailer I was like, hey, it looks kind of fun. Because I like I like. You can't
0: the I'm fucking with Annie. Bill's uh, that's fine. A
1: dramatic hamster face or whatever. Like, and that I comes want. out
0: in 2012. Or... Yeah,
1: in three years. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What games am I going to play this year? Dishonored. So i not. <sighs> anyway, um, the one exciting thing that just came out today today is that Valve hired an economist. Did you what read the about
0: Yeah, I saw the headline. What the hell happened? This is actually really interesting. I hired recommend... economist. did I just recommend... buy an issue of the Economist magazine? Do I look like the Sandlot with my hat like this? Yes, you do. A. And B. What's no. the name of the kid? Peeps? Bill. The Economist. Jeez.
1: Bill. So, Bill, Valve hired an economist, which is really interesting. So, basically, because Valve, they had a really great article, like an interview that came out a while ago with Gabe Newell. I think he was talking to Rock Paper Shotgun or something, where he's basically talking about how they were fascinated by um, doing these economic studies with steam sales. It was going from. A retail release to a free-to-play release with um, added content that you can pay for, like a, a, a freemium sort of thing, and how they have no idea what they're doing. Like they've said repeatedly, they're like, "We're just doing, we're just throwing wow. science." Okay, at the so wall but here. now they
0: got an economist.
1: Well, no, but I mean to be fair, they're the at least they're <laughs> right. open. The,
0: oh yeah, they're at Side least they're the
1: being wall. open about it. Yeah, like they're saying because no one, this is new. No one knows how this works. Everybody's oh, yeah. just figuring out. What's interesting is that they've actually hired an economist, and what he, it's really, I highly recommend he's starting a blog and he's going to post every week about his studies. Cause what he finds so interesting is that this is not like economy where you do statistics and you extrapolate and you look at data, but you don't necessarily have hard data because it's economics. Yeah. This is different because this is literally all hard data and statistics, like hundred percent, not abstraction, but accurate because it's all digital. So he's like, this is going to be like microeconomics for that. You can extrapolate on a macro scale and possibly like come up with new theories and ways of thinking about, like economics in the quote unquote real world, and beyond that, just taking a scientific approach and a reasoned approach to like how free to play games work, how pricing structure works, and the ramifications of that. Wow, I am not so an you can tell which Valve is fucked is... shit
0: up even without it. A... Wow, I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead.
1: It just it sounds like a really interesting thing. It's not many times when you get someone who's in this sort of situation who's going to take kind of a scholastic and very intelligent look at something and then talk about it transparently because he's gonna do a weekly blog post about it every week as he's working. It just sounds. I love Valve. The shit they do. is just fascinating. But they they openly admit they're just trying new things to see what works, and they've been very fortunate in that the things they've done have worked really well. So they have the money to do this sort of shit. Jesus.
0: Okay. But I didn't like realize it'd be broadcasting thing. the results of all his findings.
1: Well, I mean, he, who knows what his blog posts will be about? But I love the
0: fact that he's gonna have a public face. Yeah. It's not just like they hired an economist. God knows what the fuck they're doing. It's kind yeah. of Shadow organization. shit. Because I'm sure but... he'll
1: be looking at like free to play games and yeah. how it works and all that sort of stuff. Because that's what he's to do. Man, that is cool. yeah, it's just a neat idea. Like, you got, it's you never, like, I've talked about this in the past but it's just so neat to hear about the the back end of gaming, like, perhaps the less sexy talk, the less sexy parts of gaming, but in an intelligent way. So the opposite of Miranda
0: Lawson, where the back end Shut is the up! Least sexy. More to
1: the point, like the it was the opposite of like E3 this week, where you have all like the public face of all of these like Microsoft and Nintendo yeah. and Sony, and it's like all this stuff that is seems really disconnected from gamers. Whereas someone is taking a really hard look at the reality of gaming. This right
0: guy's now. checking under the hood of how the industry actually operates. Yeah. At least the digital distribution side it's fascinating. of it through Valve.
1: Super fascinating. Man, Steam. Go Valve.
0: Oh, man, that's fucked up. That's great. It's really cool. Oh. Alright friends, Man. that was
1: our Geek Week interview. Let's take a little break and then we're gonna come back and I'm gonna really try to defend Prometheus mm-hmm. against Mel.
0: If you have not seen Prometheus, we're going to talk the shit out of Prometheus. Hey, we're going
1: to talk about Prometheus.
0: We're going to talk about uh, Lawrence Arabia watching on a big 3D screen on a spaceship. We're going to talk about how I,
1: myself, my wife, my friend Brenna, and Brenna's man um, Chase are the entirety of the really adamantly pro Prometheus presence in the universe. I think we're it's. That's not true. My friends, here's the thing. What's really funny is that, so this is, this is my. I haven't
0: even said anything yet. This yeah. is
1: my, this is my worldview going into Prometheus. I have seen all the alien films once within the last couple of years. Yeah. Otherwise I've never seen any. Did you of the see aliens. all of them? Yeah. I okay. saw all of them in one sitting. All of them in one sitting. It was a hell of a Why day. Why would you do that to yourself? It was a hell of a day. It was fun. Because the second two movies aren't very good. I think we skipped to the third one. Really? I think we skipped the third one. We watched one, two, and then four.
0: Ah. Actually, I, I would have recommended you skip the, the fourth one. one.
1: I enjoy it. The fourth one is terrible, but That's I the it. Joss
0: Whedon one, right?
1: Yeah. And it's the... What's his name? Janang. Yeah. Anyway, so I have no familiarity with, with an Alien, really. I saw them, I liked them, and I moved on with life. My wife loves the Alien movies. The first Alien is one of her favorite movies of all time. My dear friend Brenna is a huge sci-fi nerd, ravenous sci-fi nerd, and loves the Alien movies. Um, my dear friend Grant... Like worships these movies and has been obsessively like reading about Prometheus since the first photograph. Did he spoil himself? Oh, like fuck! What he think? He spoiled all of these people. This is my, I would say, my my (laughs) inner circle of, of 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 pop culture people about aliens in general. Loved Prometheus. We're like this little echo chamber of fondness. Where we all went batshit bazonkers over Prometheus and how much we enjoyed it. And really had a good time. And everyone... And we're like this tiny little alcove in this this angry world of rage <laughs> Like, I really... Man, I loved Prometheus. I had a really good time. I went to go see it opening night in 2D. We went out of our way to go see it in 2D. And then on Wednesday morning, um, we were having coffee with Brenna. We were talking about how exhausting it is to hear people bitch about something you really enjoy. And as a product of that conversation, we just kind of all looked at each other like, let's go see Prometheus again right now. So we went to go see an IMAX 3D. Like, and so I've spent all in all. How many people were in the theater? Um, actually, it was about halfway full.
0: Because when we I went, went to go 1 see 1 it on Wednesday, it was me and Josh and like, five, like, like, not even four other people. It was... it was one
1: o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. And yeah, ours was, was two o'clock, yeah. It was half full. Hmm. For, for a one o'clock show, granted, we, I went to the IMAX 3D. Which was oh man, I'm so glad I did it that way because 2D I just got to kind of soak it up, and then 3D I really got to like roll around in it, and oh man, so good. I love Prometheus. Before you rape it, Bill, I can see the little twinkle in your eye. After seeing it, my friend Grant emailed me this quote, and I think this sums up my feelings. I feel like we're in I feel like we're a movie court, and this is your opening. <laughs> this is my opening statement. <laughs> I'm just biding my time. My 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 friend Grant. Uh, I think this very neatly sums up my feelings on Prometheus, how I felt about it, and this sums up his feelings. This is the introduction to um, an edition of Out the Mountains of Madness, or should be At the Mountains of Madness. Yeah, the,
0: well, this movie is why they didn't make uh, Rio de Janeiro's. What's the guy? Guillermo <laughs> del Toro,
1: specific rim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're talking about. So, um, China. What's his name? Melville. Yeah. His name? Anyway, he wrote an introduction to At the Mountains of Madness, and this is a paragraph from it. My reason for writing stories, Lovecraft says, is to give myself the satisfaction of wonder, beauty, and adventurous expectancy. Story is not the point. The point is wonder, which for Lovecraft goes hand in hand with horror, because he claims fear is our deepest and strongest emotion. That sums up everything I liked about Prometheus. I went to Prometheus wanting to be in another world. I wanted to see some crazy practical effects. I wanted to be able to walk around that spaceship, which I can, because it's a real thing that yeah. they built. I wanted to be able to stand in that valley with that spaceship, which I can, because it's a real thing that they built. And I felt like I was in 3D. I wanted to just like get soak up all the shit, like the details, like the user interface and the costumes, and just be in a sci-fi movie and have a good time.
0: That movie would have been better if you were actually the only character in it. <laughs> I would have I would have rather watched that movie with, with you just going around looking at, oh, look how pretty it is! I think you would have behaved more realistically than any of the characters actually in the film. I think all of those characters
1: in that movie were children. They were children. They react with childlike ridiculousness and innocence to the world around them. What is more childlike than wanting to go up to mom and dad and ask why? This is what cracks me up, all the nerds on the internet going, "Why didn't they about the story about these characters who are trying to find the answers to life? Why didn't we get to find out the answers at the end of the movie?" You motherfuckers. That's
0: not even the worst of it. No, that's...
1: I don't even feel like I have to... Def- I I don't... Man. Yeah, it's a bad movie. Drop the mic. Walk away.
0: And that's really what it boils down. Like, no, actually, like, I really do like the movie. I was entertained by the movie, and I think the first half is fantastic. The production values and the production design is fantastic. The, te- from a technical point of view, the only thing that doesn't work is Guy Pierce's old age makeup. Which is really bad. Yeah, which is like actively terrible. Not just kind of like, well, that kind of looks that fake. That was the but one... That the looks movie like... is
1: so much beautiful... Like, the-, the makeup that they did on The
0: Engineers... Jesus I had no idea that was makeup until I saw the yeah, stills today. That's practical. Yeah. Like, although mel- half of it, until I oh, started yeah. striking the stuff and then he turns into well, CG. But yeah. Well, yeah. What are
1: they gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> hey Bob. Hey Bob. Your legs gonna fall out. Don't be, <laughs> don't make it <laughs> weird.
0: <down> <laughs> don't make the real, it weird. Don't fall down. You're gonna you're gonna real waterfall. We don't have to lose you. Um.
1: No. I I thought that it, like that was be- so beautiful. Jesus Christ. And like and but yeah, the old age makeup on on Guy Pearce was terrible. I like I like
0: that the engineers look like. uh old uh, uh, Roman statuary and stuff. Yeah. Or look like, uh, like... They look like marble, marble like busts. Michelangelo's David, except yeah. with no hair, <laughs> yeah. and 12 feet tall, and diapers, and no nipples. <laughs> Man, okay, so the... the, the um... I have no problems to say about this movie. It's just as, as soon as the characters actually get up and start acting, uh, saying and stuff comes out of their f- mouth, that's when the movie falls apart. But everything else involving the alien stuff, I love,
1: yeah. A movie with weak characters and dialogue. It's called every other movie that's come out in the last... Since movies have started, we can talk about Jesus that later. Christ sci-fi movies. What do you want? What do you like about Blade Runner? Really? I. Are you telling me that the meaningful part of Alien? I will give grant you that I like Sigourney Reaver's character a lot, just because her character is so doesn't is not really like, connected No one's to ever said Blade is no,
0: especially well-written. It's well, no. It's best concepts are just taken straight from the book that, you know, it's based off of, yeah. but the script isn't amazing. I'm just
1: saying, the reason why these movies are important is the visuals and, like, the mood and the tone and the atmosphere. You
0: know what is good screenwriting? Wake up, time to die. <laughs> To be fair, I think that that's a I know it's actually I, I am not um, sitting
1: here to tell you that the characters and the story in Prometheus are great and groundbreaking. I'm, telling... I'm also not sitting here to say that it is as seminal and groundbreaking as, as Blade Runner and Alien.
0: Yeah. Well, because those movies already exist. Yeah. You can only have seminal things like that once in your life. Yeah, they're part of movie canon. I think this movie, like, even visually I think this is actually going to be a big movie for a lot of people because it is so pretty and asks a lot of questions that a lot of other people may not really think about who may not read a lot of books or have a lot of sci-fi i'm sure this movie blows some people's fucking minds wide open which is not as it's not a bad thing that's great i'm not, i'm agreeing with you <laughs> yes i really I, okay. I, I, I don't go see movies
1: multiple times in theaters i think i'm gonna go see it a third time tomorrow night yeah yeah i really like i'm it. sorry <laughs> I'm sorry Ooh, Genuinely I, I I really mean this With all my heart I am really sorry For all you guys Who didn't enjoy it yeah. I am Cause I just Man that movie What I Okay What I wanted From fucking Avatar I mean cause Avatar Was sort of spectacle But it was all hollow mm-hmm. And this movie did not feel hollow to me. I did not feel like the like oh man let's beat this shit up at all. My one critis- my one other criticism of, of Prometheus, genuinely, and I mean this truly, the two things I would change about that movie would be Guy Pierce's um, makeup. You, to do old age, you shouldn't add on; you should take away. Well, that yeah, no, weird. getting
0: old is a reductive process, and yeah. an additive process like makeup doesn't it's work. Weird.
1: And B, I really genuinely wish that the movie had ended with her and David talking and with her saying "Take me to them" or whatever. I wish it had ended there. Isn't then... that how it essentially ends? No. Because she gets on a ship. She's like dragging his body around and she's like, uh, and then they get on the ship and there's her dialogue and she wanders away and I get why they added that in. And then it ends with the money shot of the, the xenomorph. And I genuinely wish it had ended with her just saying take me to them or whatever she says. Cut to the credits. At the end of the credits you have the whole xenomorph reveal.
0: Why do they even need the xenomorph? You know, well,
1: it's for, it's for the dumb shits who just went to go see the space jockey.
0: I can't for. imagine sitting through that whole movie and then being, "Yeah, we finally got an alien at the very alien It's just uh, it's just I that was I tone deaf say, as hell. I don't want to say that it's pandering, but it's pretty it much is, No, it's pandering. Yeah. But there's no reason like that alien's not going to do anything. It's not like it's going to feed any other no. future movies or anything like that. No. It's not even like that interesting, interesting of a design of a proto-alien either. It should
1: be a post-credit stinger. It should that's
0: what it should be. A movie. <laughs> Ugh. It's
1: okay that you guys are like it. It's okay. I, really... like I, said,
0: I would I would gladly watch it again in a heartbeat. I just I got But it's just yeah. I can't I just can't believe a movie with that much money and time put into it by people who are supposedly like at the top of their game, Lundelhof and uh Riley Scott produced such a terrible fucking script.
1: See, but Ridley, okay, Lindelof, I had never really liked Damon Lindelof. This, so this movie I'm makes Lost
0: less good.
1: <laughs> Knowing that,
0: realizing that Lindelof, this is the only shtick he does, is write characters who at, at first seem kind of like they got something interesting going on, yeah. but then you quickly realize they're just like really shallow puppets for the screenwriter yeah. Yeah. who act completely unnaturally just to propel the plot along and also feeding you a shitload of mysteries that never go anywhere.
1: It's the mysteries of life, like shit. I don't want you the can't just to write go, off
0: bad script writing. Oh, mysteries of you life. You can't go to God and say God why. There's and only two mysteries, mysteries that needed. There's only two mysteries that needed to be left unanswered at the end of the movie, and that is why did the aliens suddenly change their mind two thousand years ago about humanity. That's the only mystery that needed to be. I can understand I think, why they left. I don't left.
1: think you can have a movie about characters who literally go across the galaxy to find out. Oh, did you why, see what? Exists? Did you see?
0: You know why uh, aliens got pissed off two thousand years ago, right? You know what happened 2,000 years ago, right? The birth of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is that Christ was an engineer.
1: Oh, I haven't read about this Oh,
0: this oh, there's been interviews with Ridley Scott where he came out and said that, with, like, in the original uh, uh, cuts of the script. That was explicit. Christ was an engineer? Christ was an engineer, and that's when they were like, oh, shit, these people can turn against us. They could, like, we gotta take these fuckers out. And so supposedly that's why they started building this 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 research station or so they, yeah. that's why they're on their way to Earth.
1: One thing in my in my fan fiction of Prometheus, I was watching this movie and this is what always cracks me up about any first contact movie, which is the idea that the first person you contact is any person of meaning or substance cuz like dude that they talk to is literally just he is to the engineers, what Idris Elba is to the Prometheus, which is just the dude. What I loved about Idris Elba's character in Prometheus is that he is a captain, in that, the only people who are humans. Are his crew, and everybody else is genuinely just meat puppets that he has yeah. to tolerate until he gets his boat back in action again. Yeah, which is such a like a captain sort of thing. But that... like the first thing he does after he wakes up from
0: from cry or sleep, he's just decorating the Christmas tree.
1: They're children. They're honest to Christ children.
0: That's the whole point of the That's movie. Spider, for me. The first thing that happens to Apone and Aliens, the first thing, dude, he, he lights up a cigar. And like he's got his little oakery or his little his concertina. Concertina. I'm <laughs> just like that was great. That but it's just no, like I know, I know it makes your head hurt. I can see the headache forming in I start thinking your about the things that. Are, it's just like I almost feel like you know these the problems with the script in the movie are so well documented that like I don't even have to talk about it. Like go to Red Letter Media, go to the Court and Fat Boy podcast from last Friday, January. When did this movie come out? June, whatever. A week ago from this podcast, what's today's date? The fourteenth. It must have mm-hmm. been the, like the seventh. Friday, the eighth. June eighth or seventh. On the Boy Howdy podcast with Mike Russell, they talk about all the problems with Prometheus. Sure, no, their problems are my problems. Yeah, Yeah. y'all can
1: do all the literary analysis you want of this film. I don't give a shit. No, that's fine. That's why I'm not even with
0: arguing with. I think I think this the the basic script problems are so apparent. I was still. It was so bad that I was like, once the once you know what the once the, the first get into the alien ship and the guy takes his helmet off. When he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, there's enough CO2, we don't, we're don't. we not going to die. Pops his helmet off, and everyone else pops their Your helmet children. off. Right at that point, I knew, okay, you know what? This, this is going to be the stupid kind of sci-fi movie. <laughs> that I'm not going to get emotionally invested in being de- depressed at how bad this movie turned out to be, because, oh, it's going to be that kind of sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Which, the original Alien wasn't even that kind of sci-fi movie, because that was essentially a slasher flick that just had really great production value. Yeah. But the trucker characters... In that movie, are way smarter than these supposed scientists, handpicked by the richest guy in the galaxy to be the first emissaries to uh, uh, a humanity's first contact with aliens. These scientists are fucking numbskulls compared to these space truckers who happen to run into uh, the same alien threat in the first film. And they're the ones who are actually, like, okay, maybe we should always keep our helmets on. And, they're, they're, and like, they're very guarded and they're very smart. And no time when you're watching Alien or Aliens are you like, oh my god, what the fuck are you doing? In this movie, That's happening all throughout the fucking film. See, the way
1: I... And these guys
0: are supposed to be way smarter than pretty much anyone else on the planet.
1: The way I read the crew in Prometheus is that these are the taxi drivers that he has hired to drop him off at the doorstep of God.
0: Well, see, this is, like, I could even understand this if this movie didn't take place in the Alien continuity, but we've seen other batches of characters who have run into the same threat who were far smarter than these characters. Mm -hmm. And they just, like, the, like... These are slasher fl- normal slasher flick characters who, mm-hmm. who abide by slasher flick rules of like, mm-hmm. oh, something's wrong. We should split up or, you know, that kind of stupid thing where you're just yeah. like the thing you want to yell back at the screen like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah. it's just like, I, I don't know how they thought that was acceptable. I don't want to put too much of the blame on this on Damon Lindelof, even though a lot of this is bears the hallmarks of the bad plotting that was done in Lost, because Ridley Scott... He'll, oh, fuck, he'll fuck it's with scripts. Ridley
1: Scott has, yeah. These
0: are my ideas. These are the things I want to <laughs> this address. This, really Scott is the guy who got that uh, Nottingham script. He's like, oh man, this is a great idea for a script for Robin Hood and, and, uh,
1: no the Nottingham script Genuinely didn't work I've read it No It was not very good Whatever
0: he did He changed it Like he liked it enough That he got invested in the project But then he changed it yeah. to was an
1: entirely different project Well see this is the thing This is why at the end of the day I can't dislike Prometheus Because Ridley Scott Has been shitting the bed so bad I will accept that this The script is weak I'm not saying that The script yeah. is great I'm just saying that Everything else in it Was so fucking great And competent yeah. That I don't care Technically and I'm not that person I'm never the person Who says script and character Are secondary If not tertiary If not even on my sheets Yeah, Like, this movie was just like Totally a return reform for Ridley Scott For me, because you know what, that whole movie We didn't have a single goddamn Weak sauce thing, the shot He uses in almost every shot in Robin Hood Which is, you know, just the Slow pan in of Every single shot, every single shot Establish a shot, pan in A little bit, establish a shot Man, Jesus Christ, it's like, I just felt like this movie If Ridley Scott could just Wake up and do this much film for the rest of his life, then I will be happy, and I will watch every Ridley Scott movie yeah. ever makes guests. I
0: think the reason I'm disappointed because like this movie was uh, was more poorly written than any of the other Alien movies, mm-hmm. and it's not like any of the uh, Alien the scripts for any of the other Alien movies were that special. That's See, all. I, don't go and and I expected any any at least the fact that they couldn't that. even hit that middling mark of screenwriting, despite the fact you got Damon Lindelof, who's like this big writer now. Like it's just like what the fuck.
1: I thought the characters were
0: what they had to be for me. I like, yeah, I even like the basic ideas of the characters. Like, I, I, I like the idea of the captain. I like. Well, I'm, the only character I didn't care so much about was uh, Cougar, David, Cougar, face's Cougar. Face's boyfriend. Cooper Face is what's her face? Oh, um, Shaw uh,
1: Shepherd. Yeah, Shaw. Yeah, exactly. Her boyfriend Skinny is Commander Chief Shepherd.
0: Stupid in charge. Like you said, he's the first one, that, the first moment they walk in the alien spaceship, he's like, I'm gonna take my helmet off. And the fact that he takes his helmet off, and the fact that he, he's the first one to show any kind of sign of infection goes crazy, that to toast him alive. When they go back into the ship the next day, first thing they do is take their fucking masks off. The first thing they do when they go back to the ship, what the fuck? The first guy took his mask off the first day beforehand, he's the first one who started mutating it to set his ass on fire. And he's just like, um, it's just, like, lots, tons of little, like, like I said, all these problems have been documented by other people, and, like, you have, uh, you have the two scientists who get stranded, and the reason they get stranded, because they get so freaked out by there's an alien skeleton that they find, that they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm gonna walk back to the ship by myself, that they get lost, and they end up finding, like, big alien space dick coming out of this land, they try to go pet it. They're so scared of a dead alien corpse. They see a live alien tentacle coming out of the no, goo. No, 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 no. That is a biologist, dude. He's
1: not interested in dead bodies. He's not de- interested in dead people. The
0: geologist is one who was like, I'm geologist- rocks, motherfucker.
1: Yeah, well, no, but the... Okay, scientists...
0: When he's when not you, walking around with scientists a bomb built into a that-
1: suit... <laughs> It's a dumb joke, but I like that joke. See, I felt like the, I bet dumbass scientists who are just focused on what they do and everything that is not what they do is genuinely they don't give a shit. They're like the captain, where it's like Same. what there there is what they like and everything else, who gives a fuck?
0: Yeah, if a Koto and Alien, he would not have been walking around song in a suit and he would have fucked shit up anyway, in this movie.
1: I'm sorry that you guys couldn't unclench long enough to like Prometheus.
0: Man, the, like the three D stuff, man like especially the three D stuff at the beginning in 3D Iceland, IMAX.
1: Like it was the flying just, around? Uh... That was fucking gorgeous um dear lord that was that was man I am I'm so glad i went to go see it in IMAX did you see the 3D? Penny Arcade strip
0: about like if you're being chased by a giant rolling spaceship you run to the side not forward continuing the path of the spaceship as it's about to crush you I was so glad I was so worried that the, this movie was going to end and you're going to find out that this crash derelict ship is the same crash derelict, derelict ship from the first film mm-hmm. I'm so glad it's not because then I would never be able to watch Alien again without thinking about poor Charlie Steron <laughs> squished beneath that ship yep it's yep. funny that the, now there's two crashed alien derelict ships filled with bioweapons out in the alien universe. There's this one, there's the one in the actual original film. But uh that's weird. Like I said, I, like I, said, uh, I did the, not hate it. I would say the it again failings of its
1: plot were not enough to make me leave that movie shitting all the bricks that it David did. David was fantastic. Da- man, Mike, I could, man, because that, that opening 30 minutes of that movie were one of my favorite times I've had in the theater in a long time. Yeah. That opening sequence with the first engineer, that was just gorgeous and really great and atmospheric and did a great job of
0: just establishing a tone. Did she say there was going to be an elder en- engineer yeah, there too? I don't know weird. what I was going to go on with that. I don't Listen well, the thing, the in. black, so he's drinking the black goo at yeah. the beginning. That's what kind of that, like makes him fall apart which also makes Shaw's boyfriend falls apart yeah. He's, well
1: the way I read it the way I understood that in as much as I thought about it was like it was a more concentrated form of that goo that was explicitly yeah. designed to break apart your DNA and reconstitute. Well, that's
0: why you have to else. insinuate like, again that's a question I don't mind not being answered and, yeah. but there's a ton of other questions that yeah. don't make any sense that I'm more upset about no, well, it upset. That. but like I thought that was kind of interesting that like I yeah thought that it was, was a great cool.
1: visual and then that the whole th- sequence with David and his little affectations I thought David oh, yeah when he's trying to pull off his Peter O'Toole haircut when he's oh, watching man, his... he's bleaching his hair yeah see I thought I could really have done with all the because sh- the way the way what I found that was interesting about the movie is that all those people in that movie are children. With the most childish expectations and the most childish motivations, and David is the only one who's actually enigmatic and human and, and weirdly layered and confusing and contradictory. And well, it's because really, you don't know what
0: he's up to because he yeah. is you don't know who's bossing around. Then you find out that it's what's his face who's hiding on the ship for no reason.
1: Even then, his his whole his motivations are still not clear because like why did he fuck with uh, Commander Shepard so hard?
0: And like you know like that's so, like another screwdriver thing. So did he I, he knew in advance. Like, he obviously had it planned out that he was going to take some of that black goo and put it, what's-his-face drink. Yeah. And I mean, how did he know that that, like, how did he know that guy was going to drink it? How did he know that that, that was going to get what's-your-face pregnant the next day? Like, there's this chain of events that seem to, like, they, he assumes that see, this shit's going to no, happen.
1: I had no problem accepting that. That doesn't make any sense. Because it was just any it was a sense. hypothesis that he was trying. Like, how for... do you even
0: know it's a hypothesis? For some reason, he just suddenly decides, why did he even try- give the guy the black goo in the first place? What That's the hell what did he like. think? He's a but then, like, like, sets that sets all the rest of the events in the movie happen, and it happens completely randomly. For well, a robot to suddenly say, oh, you know what? Here's this evil stuff I just got off the ship. I, You know, because what happened, because, like, you later, you know, find out you, you find out he's been talking to Wayland, because through the dream machine. which is kind of just a weird kind of thing to throw in there, too. Oh, like I like it. the visual effect of the dream like machine. I but I okay. thought they were going to go somewhere with the dream machine thing. Well, that was where they went. Um... But like you can presuppose that well, for some reason Whalen commanded him to say, "Hey, can you get some of this black goo?" Although like they didn't know, they See, didn't, didn't even know about the black feel figure. that way because he was not. Just... Well, that's a huge. That's the whole thing that motivates that kickstarts the plot. And if that's so just completely random thing are that has own, that's what I liked about that's it. That's bad writing, especially when you got a robot who only does stuff if, if he's being. Uh, if it's part of his programming, he's like to say, oh, if it was a human character, at least you can say, well, that guy was crazy or something like that. To have a piece of machinery go out of its way to infect a person, the, the, the guy who's an anomaly in charge of this whole mission with a bioweapon that no one knows where it came from, what it does. What? Why? Because he doesn't give a fuck about any
1: of these people. <laughs> He is—he is genuinely a machi- a curiosity machine. That's funny if you shit. accept
0: that to me, but I just don't. That is just twenty million dollars, two hundred million dollars, and you cannot spend five minutes to justify why that happens or explain it.
1: Two hundred million dollars, like two million of that went to the script, if that, and yeah. I don't care, and I'm fine with well, that's that because I wanted a hundred ninety-eight million me just dollars. No, to I totally. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying, I, I did not find these flaws to be so crippling that they undid the entire movie. Yeah, okay, that's fine. And I and I'm not saying that you guys are invalid or that your feelings are invalid or yeah. that your analysis. Like I said, invalid. not
0: even yeah. Everything I'm asking about is all hypothetical too. But it's just like I mean, I really yeah. I
1: get I get all the criticism that's coming at it, but it's not enough for me to. It's it's the best time I've had in a movie theater this year. She is? gets stapled in her belly, as so I said. Man, ugh. I did not watch any of that sequence. I had my fingers Even my Even the two times you've seen ears,
0: it? yes. Fully made fun of me. She's it's like, actually, you know what the most gruesome part of that scene is actually when they show the, like, the kind of the insides of her real quick. Yeah. Well, is that's I actually have... the most gruesome part because you see her, like, layer of fat in her belly. And it's just...
1: Body horror, my sympathy pains that are largely n- n- under control yeah. come back with a vengeance. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. The two things that fuck up my sympathy pains more than anything else are any sort of um, esophageal shit.
0: Good thing there's none of that in this movie. Yeah.
1: And um, uh, shit in your stomach. Those are the two. Uh, oh, and a uh, bones breaking. That was weird in this movie too, because it's
0: like the the whole pregnancy. The, one of the creepy things about the the whole face hugger thing in the other movies is pregnancy. Like that thing can get it pregnant. Like people pregnant no, no matter what your gender is, which is yes. that's kind of the creepy thing is that like you can essentially get face raped by the yeah. face huggers. It's weird that like her pregnancy was actually more like a conventional pregnancy. Granted, she's pregnant with monster stuff. Yeah, that he was like if like I would have been probably crawling at the walls if I were a lady watching that scene. No. It's kind of gross to me to begin with, but the fact that they're actually taking the human biological reproductive system that's already there and kind of turning yeah. against the the the, the, oh, the, the main character, and I was like, uh,
1: yeah. oh yeah, because you much. know, because you know,
0: the moment she finds out she's pregnant, although it is ridiculous, she goes from not even knowing she's pregnant to actually having something the size of a basketball come out of her in like literally five minutes. Well, the whole point is that it's crazy accelerated.
1: Like she's three yeah. months pregnant, like ten hours after get, having sex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Also, okay, so why does why does Mr. F just happen Mr. to have F. her own surgical sled?
1: She brought it for Wayland oh it's 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 just that's why that's the whole thing it's like it's only designed for men. There are only ninety of these like it is funny that's men.
0: only designed for men, which that makes it's me like laugh. a designer cologne.
1: Well, it's like, well, dude,' well, sure, sure, well it's probably
0: calibrated for Wayland then, yeah, but that was kind of that's funny. why there was
1: the whole like this containment thing. it was all for Wayland. It wasn't for her.
0: But yeah, like, like why did Waylon have to sneak onto his own goddamn ship? He paid for everything. You know, the whole mission was there just so he could, like, what, like... Dramatic urgency. What, did did he not be want to be embarrassed so if they actually did get the plant, there's no gods there, or uh, engineers, they, they could just fly back to Earth and, like, pretend that, like, he was just asleep for the last two years not actually dead. He faced his death. Go this. They're going to vent him with the fecal waste? <laughs> yeah, and, like, just like that, kind of, like, the only reason he's secret on the ship is just to have this weird... Have this reveal a weird reveal, and but then no one's surprised when when he's suddenly walking around the rest of the crew. And, like no one ever says anything about it. Did you S-
1: recognize the medical doctor was um what's her name from Game of Thrones? Was Kat? I
0: recognized her. I couldn't remember what it was until I looked Kat at the IMDb. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't
1: recognize her because there wasn't a seven-year-old boy latched her tit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: God, just get what uh, Shaw does kick the shit out. Oh, of Oh, and
1: uh, one of the pilots on the ship, the one the the one who's the Scottish one, yeah, uh, is on my lesbian soap opera. It actually had to was on off lip the service? last season. Yeah, he's on lip service. He was off this last season. Not the
0: Asian guy, but the presumably, other guy. The two betting guys? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: It was presumably too filled for I was just laughing. <sighs>
0: but I can't even... Like I said, I, whatever problems I have with the, uh, the story structure of the movie. But, like, the first half was great. Even though the first half is essentially just, like, remaking... The first two Alien movies, where it's yeah. crew landing on this alien spaceship, waking but I like up, all getting that
1: shit. no, it wasn't even bad. No, 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 no I'm not, I'm not saying defensively. I like that shit. I'm just saying, I genuinely, that's my most no, it's good part,
0: and it looked space. like an Alien movie too. Because I, I have it was... no
1: interest in any sort of horror. I, my, my least favorite part of the Alien movies is the alien stuff. Yeah. I could care to... I could well, this is shirts.
0: such a... Cause, yeah, because you, you get like kind of like the beauty and, and stuff of the alien world, but still... Well, because this it's is, not this a whor- is a... It's not a horror... Even then, no. this isn't is really... There's That's gross fucked up pop- I... shit that happens in the movie. It's not still really a horror movie. It's about... It's, tra- it's more of a, trying to be a 2010 yeah, style movie. Yeah, it's like
1: exploration and possibility and not like the possibility of learning something more as opposed to you're a minor yeah. and whoops, you know, you just, you just
0: woke up. And yeah, it's 2010 with body horror. Anyway, I liked it. I can't even... Try, I'm trying to even think of any other... Like, Charlie's. there I can't even remember, like... The stuff that she turns out to be Waylon's daughter. And the, she just, just happens... Happens to have her own little shuttle pod that'll break off from the rest of the ship. And that kind of turns into a thing and... Why... Why does the engineer come after Shaw at the end? Like, why has he suddenly got to kill her specifically? After he just spent like five minutes rolling down they a hill. crashed his
1: ship! why
0: is she going out to a she nothing to do with it? He doesn't know that. He's like, he's like, she's stranded of on the planet where she can't even breathe the atmosphere. All you have to do is get onto another ship and fly right. off. You're right.
1: You're right. No, dude, that one, that, I will give you all of the other, if I'm, like, this advanced alien species, and these fucking little monkeys come up and break <laughs> my shit, yeah, I'm gonna put a fucking you gun know, in that monkey's TV's mouth. Fair.
0: I thought the movie was really gonna, I, the, the only part of the movie that would've uh, really pissed me off to the point we would actually be having a legitimate argument right now was right when they, you know, they go to meet that engineer, they revive him, and you have, like, uh, uh, David talking to him, and I yeah. thought, oh my god, they are actually gonna be, like, Bond, this is gonna be the touching E.T. moment, where it's like, uh, that, creator, like,
1: touch, touch, rip. and I'm, I'm like,
0: oh god, this is gonna be crap. And then
1: he, like, <laughs> his head, talking, on head I was just like, yes, they're talking to a space janitor. Yeah, uh, like, this guy, he is just, he is the truck driver. Man, that was space. cool when
0: when he pulls out the uh, the space jockey chair and he gets into it. I love also the the holographic uh, video of. Yeah. The, the the space jockeys kind of running around that
1: was all really neat in
0: three D so I'm assuming they never show what they're being chased by I'm assuming that one of them got infected by the black stuff and had an alien yeah. come out although well, I yeah, don't know how the, they got the,
1: it's that's you know it's not really clear what the hell happened which I'm fine with again like, like
0: that's yeah you don't really need to know what that yeah. is that, that's another mystery that didn't need happened. to be solved but like I said there's yeah. but I love that they're all children and even after all that and seeing that something terrible happened
1: they're too stupid to see that something terrible happened and they still want to talk to him yeah and I love that New Meager piece is like I'm gonna punch him in the nose. I love that! They're children! They're all fucking children. They are. This could be a Narnia movie. (laughs) I'm just saying...
0: (laughs) That's the official review it. of Prometheus. <laughs>
1: Space Narnia. That's how I felt. I, but that's that's all I wanted from it. I just wanted, to, and that was the first. What I it reminded me a lot of actually the video game The Dig because what The Dig did really really well was that The Dig is mo- far more of a theme of overt horror because in The Dig there's an uh, uh, asteroid headed for Earth and they have to stop. They have to prevent this asteroid from destroying the Earth. Yep. But they have the they, there's first contact and all this shit and it's like there's a lot there's an element of uh, wonder to it. Even as there's this whole fear thing. and it's The game, the story of the game is not great, but it's just that feeling of wonder and everything. The score, I kept thinking of the score of The Dig as I was watching this movie. Mm-hmm. It just hit the right resonant frequency for me. I really enjoyed it. It made me feel excited about sci-fi in a way that I haven't felt excited about sci-fi in a long, long time. I want to go read a bunch of sci-fi books now. What did you
0: think about uh, uh, Shaw's uh, Crisis of Faith? Did that have any resonance for you or anything like that? Mm, I only. She writes it off pretty quickly because someone addresses that, and she's like, "Well, someone had to create the engineers." <laughs> See, but
1: no, 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 no. I the Catholicism. If you're a real Catholic and you pay attention, Catholic JP2 said, "Hey, there's a lot of truth to um, evolution." Twenty years ago. Well, it
0: seems, it's not not that she's worried about specifically religious stuff, but you know. There's obviously a Christian well, thing yes. going on with the necklace. I, I and the... felt
1: that the the search for truth and meaning. I felt that there's the whole thing of being a Christian scientist is a very interesting thing. They mm-hmm. did not explore it at all. They touched on it in the briefest of ways. I do not they find the
0: director's cut. <laughs> I, do I not... love they even before the movie comes out, they're like, "No, guys, hold on. We got half an extra <laughs> half hour coming out on DVD." play <laughs> for which yeah
1: I just uh, I, 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 I like that's not something you need to really explore at length for me I just think it's an interesting conflict to have within a okay. character just when I, I saw thought, that I thought about you oh yeah I mean anytime that there's a character where at least some of their motivations and feelings in a scenario is at least slightly based off faith. Is yeah. always immediately more interesting to me,
0: especially if they kept the whole Christ angle on there too. That would have been interesting if she had actually found actually out that Christ was an to alien. Me at all. Because that's it's not. Why well, would literally... imagine the, the scene like how like that would have been an interesting scene to get the reaction from her going oh, and <laughs> then she's wearing the... like oh I'm sorry you do got did he get nailed to something that like this. <laughs> Um, this so I was assuming that even... must have been an engineer in disguise because something tells me they're not going to nail an 11 foot tall <laughs> white guy who weighs like 500 pounds to a, to um, a cross.
1: I, don't, I, I think when you literally make it about Christ it immediately becomes less interesting but when you talk about something who has lived within a very structured faith yeah. and then has to confront like the reality of everything that is unknown, I think pretty much whenever you enter the sort of sci-fi universe where you have faster than life travel and you're living on other planets, kind of makes some um, all your everything about faith a lot more abstract. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite things that they touch on on Hyperion is Judaism. I talked about this a little bit mm-hmm, when I talked yeah. about Hyperion. Is that Judaism is a lot more abstract when um, Israel is, you know, when Earth is not really an option anymore. And, uh, like, that, the the way faith changes when, when all of a sudden technology is so much different is much more interesting to me. Even if it just abstractly, like, as a motivation for a character, or as part of that character's thought process. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to me, but you don't need to hammer it home. Like I said, the least interesting thing, the only thing that movie could have done to actually make me go, nope, too much, is to overtly say something about Christ being a engineer which I guess
0: that's what you know that
1: would be when I'd be like uh,
0: um damn. man you can totally tell that like what's it Ridley Scott must have like this this movie must have kick-started his fascination for me doing another Blade Runner because
1: oh
0: yeah um Wayland's whole arc is totally Rory, Rory Batty's arc from yeah. Blade Runner where it's he it's a guy who wants to meet his, his creator and ask for more life yeah even though that character should not be in that movie. Well, and, like,
1: just, like, like you can, like, just the love that is put in the physicality of that world. Like, they built that fucking ship. Yeah. They built that whole ship just so they could film moving through the corridors. They built the, the whole dish.
0: alien ship, too, yeah. yeah. And,
1: like, that kind of attention to detail, you only get to do that shit with sci-fi. And, like, Well, only when you got
0: Ridley Scott, like... When you've got $200 million. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is why I am, I am... And, like I said, my, my least, the part of, like, all I want is atmosphere and mood, so I'm gonna like the Blade Runner movie. That's because that's all I want from
0: that. Is I honest. am, oof, I am, oof. I as long as they find a good writer for the Blade Runner movie, that's all I care about. But I don't know. People were talking about how you could like merge the Blade Runner. People keep on harping on this idea that like with these two movies coming out right one or after or right after another, you could blend the two universes. Yeah, I don't know, that's
1: just—it's not necessary. You are already kind exercise. of gimped Prometheus
0: by making an alien prequel anyway. and If you make like. A blade runner movie, like also part of the alien continuity. I mean it also doesn't make sense because the robots in those universes aren't. I think quite it's an interesting creative
1: exercise, but I don't think it necessarily adds um, anything to either What of those would you
0: models. want to happen in the sequel to Prometheus if they were actually I don't make want one. one. I really don't. Well it's at the well that's another They're thing that annoys to, me about the movie because yeah. it sets it there's all these mysteries that are set up you'll find out more later. See, but I don't
1: need one. I don't need I, need I don't need any answer movie. to those questions. I just wanted this movie to be like this moment in time with these people and then that's it. That's all I need.
0: Huh. <laughs> see, the way the movie is written is totally like oh, get totally ready like, for the scene. That's another reason why I'm pissed I off. I don't
1: want any of the answers to any of Because if this had
0: been designed for, as a standalone film by itself, I could, uh, like, but no, it's so much like the last thing where, like, we, we got you on the hook with que- we're questions. We're going to give you the answers. At the end, I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't want to see answers. The
1: Engineer City. And it's not that I'm not interested in the answers, it's just that that's
0: not what. It's really R.J. Geyer's house. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the inside of his house? Where, like, he's actually designed his furniture and stuff to look like that shit? It looks like he's living on a set of Alien. Like, his dining room is, like, all the chairs are, like, bones and shit like that. The guy's out of his fucking mind. I was a little bummed. I guess H.R. Geiger didn't actually work on this film specifically, though, because you know oh, get... it's
1: like based on ideas. Yeah, lines. that that was the credit. Which I mean, granted, I mean, is he, I gotta ask—is he still alive?
0: No, I think he's still alive. Who knows? You probably, probably had his wife turn him into a sex yes, dungeon. he
1: is. He's, he's, he's seventy-two years old. No, poor old man. Oh but, my um... God, he is a creepy-looking man. No, he looks like what you think H.R. He might looks like look a like guy you're drawing. <laughs> is he like oh, a bug-eyed oh, and like man. little floppish hair?
0: He looks like a fat Boris Karloff. Oh my God. Okay. So now I'm trying to think out. of anything else in that movie. So yeah, yeah, Butch Salva, yeah, I Mr. Had a good F, time. Mr. F. Uh, she's okay, but she's a little stilted. I like
1: um, I like uh, 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 I like I really loved the cost. Jesus Christ, his house is insane.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I really loved the the costuming and like the um, I loved uh the biologist um, Fifield? No, that was the shaved head dude. Yeah, That was the geologist. The, I loved his hoodie, like the, the the shape of it. Yeah. And I love I love Five Feels tattoos. I love the, the I like
0: the fact that like they try to give those people individual character. Yeah. Like,
1: I liked the um just the little details in the costuming. Like um I really loved um uh, Idris Elba's um jacket mm-hmm. like with the really worn Whalen logo. Just,
0: yeah. Oh man. Well, also love that like everyone's got the Wayland the logo is an early yeah. version of the Wayland Utani logo. Yeah. Which I'm wondering, it, like, after Waylon dies, if someone named Yutani doesn't step in, and then suddenly that's when they change the name yeah. of it and everything. Um, yeah, production... I, I love even that the bridge of the uh, Prometheus is a, like pretty much modeled after some of the early design concept for the Nostromo in the first Alien mm. movie, where it's big open bay windows as opposed to, like, yeah. the super... Um, uh, Oh, someone pointed out that, like, if you look at the controls that Id- Eldris Elba is using to fly the ship, you'd actually see it's uh, run off of windows. There's a windows <laughs> bar at the bottom. Is it? Oh, uh, no awesome. one knows if that's, like, a, supposed to be an in-joke or just a production error. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I choose to believe. That was right. a pretty fucking movie, though.
1: I just I'll just i buy it, it on
0: Blu-ray. Uh, I, have, I have two books about alien. Do you want to borrow them? Because they have a lot of production art. That actually ties into a lot of stuff that shows up in Prometheus like even like the, the, their suits where they have the name stenciled on the forehead that's yeah. really taken from the original uh, alien production art from uh, you know 35 yeah, years I, ago yeah,
1: it's, it's I enjoyed it yeah I enjoyed it so much yeah. and now I have nothing to look forward to I guess I have brave to look forward to yeah what else is coming out this year it's just the whistling void of media the rest of this year care about Batman
0: no you don't care about oh, Anne Hathways I do not
1: care about Batman I enjoyed the last Batman movie
0: Everyone but trying to figure out whether about Batman going to die it's got Tom he go Hardy. To die.
1: He go to die. It's got Tom Hardy's like eyeballs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this big metal anus face.
1: Anyway, friends, this is the Boy Hottie Podcast. <laughs> you can yell at us on Twitter. We're at Boy Hottie Podcast. We are at boyhottiepodcast.com.
0: Um Oh, we have a, a Prometheus feedback ash for people. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, hold on. And he says something entertaining.
1: Something entertaining. but.
0: Uh... <laughs> uh, Daniel fight says he supports all Yankees purchases <laughs> and uh, Gornflake Sid uh, she says I haven't seen any Ridley Scott movies but the engineers look like handsome Squidward
1: they totally do. There's an episode of, of SpongeBob SquarePants or Squidward's All <laughs> Handsome. Bill, you have to make that our, our image for this week's episode, okay?
0: we Will do. Oh, all right, friends, God. thank you
1: so much for listening. Next week, we'll be talking about Legend of Core. Legend of Core, unlike any of the Actually, other Actually, two times. weeks, because oh, next me. week
0: will be the Friday before the finale. We're always airs. talking so about two, Legend So next Acor, week, right? we'll just be a... a, a Shooting shit. Guess what, guys? We're going to shoot more shit, guys. Email us about if you hate Prometheus. <laughs> Don't. Go to, seriously. Disinterested. Go to redlettermedia.com. I am disinterested. Type in Prometheus. What do I want from No, I'm that? just saying. If, and that's my opinion about the film. That's already done and out there. I mean, that Red
1: Letter Media guy cannot stomach him. Why?
0: At all. Oh, Why? That's you awesome. know exactly why. Why?
1: You know exactly why. What? Did he talk to you? <laughs> Anyway,
0: oh, is um, he the guy who, who's the, f- the belt buckle fetishist? That's him. No, no. Anyway, thanks why? for listening. Why, why? Why am I almost almost divine? Why you hate
1: him? Cause you hated Prometheus? Oh no, I hate his presentations. The way he presents stuff, all his Oh, you mean stuff. just that? Like
0: his technically.
1: They well, filmed not the even shit with a camcorder but, from like 1985! Not even technically, but all the shit they injected into that. Like, his character as a Oh, hero. rapisty, kind of, yeah. Kinda, yeah just... Guess what? I love how that took you like five minutes to divide! Well, no, no,
0: the Red Letter, the, the, like, they have a new series that's not just Harry's Planket. it's just him as himself with a friend just talking about Prometheus. Okay. Okay. No, it's not, it's not the Harry's Planket. like. I
1: genuinely like... stopped, I was like never gonna click on anything that dude ever did ever again well, like, you know what?
0: But... Right before you leave, we're gonna have you uh, this four-minute video.
1: No, no, I have no interest in the literary analysis of prometheus no he just said he just lists off four i have no of interest. questions that don't get answered I have no interest it is I have no interest
0: oh. i don't care
1: i don't care i'll link
0: it on the blog you know
1: what i like i like new mirror pace in a spacesuit. that's what i wanted to get from prometheus and that's what i got
0: she should play cat lady because she looks like she got a squished in cat face she
1: should play mass effect commander shepherd
0: <sighs> that would actually be really cool. i
1: like that basically this movie was the uber plot of mass effect that no one cared about in mass effect
0: what, costume designer totally played the shit out of Mass Effect Oh totally Except for the big ass bubble fishbowl helmets but... <laughs> Well
1: to be fair the Mass Effect team totally watched the hell out of Aliens So there you go The circle what? Of what are you talking about? And it moves us all Through costume design it And it's its own tail Till we find our place Oscar time, it's the circle, you're going to you keep going, all of a the circle of life,
0: kaboom! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello,
0: monkey pants. Hola,
1: como esta?
0: Me gusta tacos.
1: Bien! Me llamo Niermo. Una más. ¿Qué hora es? Uh, más o menos. <laughs> Pollo, hermanos. Tortilla. <laughs> <laughs>